Good everyone, welcome back to the Cider Hit Podcast. I'm your host, Fat Tony. And today with us we have Mr. Ambassador Jack Spence. Welcome, Jack. Thanks, man. <laughs> Happy to be here. I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me. How's how's the day been? Day's been good, man. Um, just up Cardi's as usual. One of the first good days after our lockdown round two, so Oh yeah. It's good to be back up the hill and just doing something, not being stuck in town. Yeah, yeah. And uh how's the season been with the park this year? Uh it's been it's been good. Snow wise it's been pretty terrible to be honest, but like mm. we still made the most of it. Um still got like a pretty fun park going for the majority of the season and it's it's all guns firing now, so finally got there and then with yeah. the snow that we had to work with and then got locked down, so yeah, I mean that was three weeks off, bit of a reset. <laughs> it was kind of a bit of a cruel trick played on us. I think those were the best weather days of the season. Too. Oh, by far. Yeah. <laughs> but at least we got the one good powder day before we got locked down. If we didn't get that, I think it would have been a lot more brutal for for us. But because we had three weeks of perfect weather in town and up the hill, and we just had to oh, twiddle our thumbs the whole time. I was wait. I was sick that Tuesday. <laughs> And I just couldn't. I had to switch off social media. I couldn't watch everyone's Instagram yeah. stories of them writing Fair fresh. And we had one of the days where we just didn't film anything or any phone clips or anything because it was too good. Like, we were having too much fun, mm. so like we didn't have anything to put up. Cause Is it that was... when you're searching for your rake out in Arcadia? Yeah, yeah. Arcadia. Yeah. We had to go check the park out there for a good couple of laps. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then the secondary park at the Radio Tower Summit as well. Yeah, exactly. The park, at... the park didn't get dug out at a record speed that day. But, um, <laughs> oh, you know, it takes so much of everyone around you screaming, riding good snow, and you're just digging. So, no, it was good. Mm, no, yeah. It was, yeah, so it wasn't all bad, but... Mm. So it's, it's kind of a tough one, eh? Powder Day, and you've got to dig the features out and everyone's getting... Yeah, it. it's... Um, I don't know, we've, we've like had a... Like, a few good things over the years where we've kind of sort of got a cheeky lapping or two before the hill opens to the public mm. and like before um everyone gets up there and then once the hill opens we just go and start digging um, yeah. but then days where we haven't though we've, we've just dug for hours and yeah. just heard everyone screaming around us on how good the snow is and we're like yeah, yeah sick thanks man <laughs> every job has its downfalls mm. i guess yeah but, man yeah yeah no nah, it's it's all good though we, mm. we're kind of used to it Mm. Oh, we'll fire this one up. Uh, Jack, where are you from and how did you get into snowboarding? I'm from Poirot in Wellington. And my first time snowboarding was, I think I was 12 years old, on a primary school trip at Ruapehu at Whakapapa. And, um, yeah, that was 02, I think. Holy shit, yeah. 2002. Yeah, <laughs> okay, ages Fuck. ago. Yeah, I'm, I have trouble accepting that's 20 years ago. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, what, crazy. What, what was I doing there? Oh, working at Cadrona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any reference for any story in the last 20 years, eh? <laughs> I was at Cadrona. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So how was the first day? Um, It was good. We, I was already pretty into skateboarding, so we had a, um, just a lesson. And I think I picked it up pretty quickly. Uh, there was me and a couple of other friends who were all skateboarders, and we definitely um, like were super into it. And I, I almost didn't snowboard though; I was almost a scare. Really? Like yeah. Or not scare, but um, my brother did the same trip a year or two before, and he he was doing skiing, and he tried to snowboard, and he used his teacher's board, and it was way too big, and he just couldn't do it. And my dad's like, no, you aren't going boarding. You you have to ski because you won't be able to do it. And I was just dug my toes in. And I was like, no, I'm definitely going snowboarding. And I just, yeah, and then I'm very happy I did. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, sweet. And um, <clears throat> so you were skateboarding before that. Sort of, how did that all come to the picture? Um, I honestly can't really remember. Eh? I was maybe around ten, maybe like nine or ten when I started to skateboard. Just messing around, and then got a board, and then I was fully into it when I was like eleven or twelve, I think. And then I was playing like like rugby and just other sports at the time. And then when I I think it was my first year at high school when I was thirteen, I quit playing other sports because I just got too lazy to practice and just wanted to skateboard the whole time and then skateboarding was just everything for yeah. just like the only hobby like down at the skate park with a towel when it would rain and shit it's like every <laughs> every single day um yeah oh sweet and who was um who was your favourite skater back then oh Mark Appleyard probably yeah. too 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 many to think of or to actually name but like Mark Appleyard was the one dude from like the flip sorry days that yeah and I've still got like, I think I've still got a whole bunch of like tapes like the VHS ones of like flip sorry really sorry and I mean, some 411 VMs and shit that's flip at it's peak too yeah. and Appleyard shit, is peak yeah. Eh? like yeah. flip sorry you still watch that now you're like yeah it's, the, it's the, oh, just like yeah. ages so well eh mm. and um cause fuck who was it I always liked Ali Bilala's section. Yeah, he was so fucking yeah. boring. <laughs> I met him in real life. He he like, yeah. he I did a demo in Wellington, and he was just hammered the whole time. Like literally, like we were, he was out in the car park just drinking beers, and like the kids were like, "Oh man, like, we wanted to see you skate," and he was just destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his his um his life with the bottle's been pretty well documented. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> So what was the moment like when uh, snowboarding clicked for you? Did you have a few more of these school trips to go back up the hill? Or? Um, so it's hard to remember. So my first time I was 12, and then when I was maybe 14, one of my best friends back home, Alex, his parents had a batch in Radahi, just out of uh, Awakuni. And then we started going on like a trip or two, like just maybe like a weekend trip here and there um, during the winter. And I think we just... Me, him, and my other um, like good friend Scott, we just got into it super early, and there was just like all three of us. We just like we did a bit of skating too, so we were all just you know pretty you know competitive with each other on just like learning tricks and just you know getting soaked. And I think that I think like maybe time I was fifteen or so, and then mm. sixteen was when I first went down to the South Island. Like parents took us on like a trip just to I think we just read Coronet Peak or something the first it's, few times and I think we were pretty hooked by then. Were your parents into skiing or snowboarding? As no, well? no. So they just not. took you down and did yeah. the same thing. It was it was just my mum and Scott's mum took us down, and they just kind of chilled in town and they were just like you know dr- like we'd just go to the mountain and they would just go and do whatever in town and then we just cruise home after and we did that twice and then the second year when I was 17 we went to Snow Park and Cadrona for the first time oh right yeah I did my, did my first ever three back three at Cadrona oh nice oh god I would love to see what it would have looked like <laughs> back then just <laughs> arms fucking everywhere yeah. and like yeah like first time going to Snow Park too which was so cool and what was your first impression when you come around the corner and got into the car park and seen Snow Park oh, I had no fucking idea what I was looking at really <laughs> it just oh no it was awesome because I've only really been at Ropehu at mm. Turo and Papa, obviously, and, like, um, yeah, going to Snow Park was a, just crazy. The places were mm. awesome. And, and, like, just seeing only park features, <laughs> that was yeah. pretty cool. Because that would have been the late 2000s, right? So it was Snow Park. Oh, oh, 07. Yeah, so yeah. Snow Park yeah. was, like, yeah. that was almost the fucking peak of its yeah. infamy, I guess. It was a pretty but, awesome place, eh? 
Oh, unreal. RIP. I mean, and considering I'm not even a park rider, I still have a fucking great time there, eh? I just hear so many stories from people who just, you know, would go up there and wouldn't even ride. They would just love to go hang out at the wool shed and just watch people eat shit on the staircase. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was was just an awesome place just to hang out, even if you Mm. weren't really riding much or just if you wanted just to chill. Yeah. Oh, and it was unreal. I remember first time I went there and it was, I loved Halfpipe back then and yeah. At that time, that thing was 18 foot, but it was perfection. Oh, 18 is so and much better just, than 22. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just remember being like, wow, this place is, you know, it was a fucking T bar back then, too. Oh, yeah. So that, was, that, was before, that, was, that was before my time. Yeah. yeah the the T bar, but. <laughs> Holy shit. And yeah. so, was that your first sort of experience riding park features then as well? Yeah, or? like we, we, we rode a little bit at Ropehu here and there, but like the park at Whakapapa was just it was pretty dodgy <laughs> it was just kind of like random shit mm. but we obviously like because we skated so much we just tried to do like you know the skateboarding tricks and just try and do that kind of style of riding i guess yeah and um yeah it was i think cadrona was was real sick too because the the mm. park then was real fun so i think that must have been about the era that uh tony corelli was running the cadrona parks yeah i don't know when he started but yeah my I, my first year working there was his first year when he wasn't there mm, so he started there in about 06 because i came back from overseas yeah and it was in a whole new crew and um fuck well, we've got to give tony corelli props because he was definitely the dude that helped get cadrona's park reputation back on track because it yeah. was like before snow park cadrona was, it was okay snow yeah. park come along blew everything out of the water yeah and then there was this catch up, and I really think Tony Corelli was big in, yeah, for sure, getting that. So yeah, shot Tony. Yeah, <laughs> I never actually met him. Mate. Oh really? <laughs> nah. Really? Oh man. Um, <laughs> I only heard about him. I'm trying to get some stories from Matt Slocum out. out oh man. Out of Matt Slocum about Tony Corelli. Matt or Heath would definitely have some stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we have the Heath Richmond uh, <laughs> episode at some point. <laughs> definitely get him on there. <laughs> Just throws everyone under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So um, <clears throat> obviously, snowboarding sort of clicked at this point. And was there um, influences you're looking at, uh, local or international? Um, that time, because I, I guess I kind of got into snowboarding quite late when I was only sort of. I, I guess I kind of got onto like the scene of snowboarding, like with the movies and everything, when I was probably like 18 and mm. i think 18 19 and yeah child support was the first actual snowboarding video i ever watched all right that we just like thrashed the dvd like just you know you watch it every night yeah <laughs> and um but like local wise the first dude who i noticed who was real sick who like stood out was thomas battersby oh yep. North yeah dude. yeah yep. he was i remember seeing him at Tura. um coaching some kids and he did like a i think it was like an under flip or like a front cork seven i'd never seen that before in person and i was yeah. just like who the fuck it was like that was so sick and that yeah. was um that was when i first like figured out who he was or like you know like, i guess like the first kind of like new zealand like pro and then obviously mm. from that point you started hearing about like will j and steph z and nick Hine, nick brown and all those dudes and like Leroy Christensen too. He was so he's sick. a Coney local, dude, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He's um, yeah. I'd see him running all the time. He's a real good dude. Because mm, he was he was around Snow Park for a bunch too, if I remember. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. He he worked there when I worked there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or like I think I think my first year was his last year maybe, and then. But yeah. 
Yeah, right. So, and how do we go from... So, you, I'm guessing you're at high school and stuff. Did you go straight down? Yeah, so park? after high school, uh, I think when I was, like, we were 17, me, Alex, and Scott were doing like quite a few like like weekend trips and like some of the other boys back home. And we... Sorry, after that year, they decided to do an instructor training program the next year. Oh, yeah. And I had no plan. Then I was like, oh, well, I'll just fucking do that too. So we all moved there the next year to Ropehu. That was my first season in 2008. Right. And we did like a 11 weekend training program. And Keith Stubbs was my coach. No way. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> he's, I think he's still got, I was chatting him, I think he thinks he might still have like the footage of me on my first day like trying to turn down a face like like an absolute kook oh really i'd love to find that footage but um but yeah so we did that over the over the season and then obviously like became an instructor at Papa. and then i was there no for way. yeah jesus christ we're getting yeah. all the secrets i taught for years Bloody like hell. four years hard time doing beginner lessons <laughs> but yeah like that was an 08 and then 09 did the full season again at uh, we would live in Radahi and then drive around to Whakapapa every day and we'd ride Turo on our days off because like the park was was way better so how was it to to go back a little bit how was it stepping into the instructor course for the first time was that one of those moments you're like fuck I've got a lot to learn or? yeah oh I just had no clue at mm. all and um but yeah it was it was good though because it just gives you like a good foundation for just how to snowboard like decently yeah and then i did we did like level one level two that year and then i remember the day i passed my level two i kind of just like ignored or like kind of tried to unlearn like a lot of the kind of robotic side of instructing because because like we we i did it just because we could go to canada because if you get like level two you can just travel and get hired at quite a few ski schools so that was why we did it wasn't i didn't want to be an instructor i just Mm. wanted to be able to travel and then that's what led us to Canada. Um, the end of two thousand and nine, we oh, went to Calgary. Yeah, and where were you? In- we went to COP. It's the Olympic Park. So you they- were working at COP. Yeah, yeah all the fucking. <laughs> I know you go. Could have gone to Banff, fucking Sunshine, <laughs> like Lake Louise, Whistler. Went to a fucking I'm different not, version of Snow Park, pretty much. In Canada. I'm not sure if the ambassador going to Banff's a good idea, and I'll leave that yeah. at that for those people that know. Um, but yeah, no, it was but it was sick though because you, you get paid notoriously bad, mm. like in Canada, yeah. at like at like mountains. But because we, we worked in the city at like a hill, we got paid really well. All oh, right. And then on, on our days off, we would just go on road trips to you know like Banff, like Castle, Revy, like just wherever, like just um, all around the place. Oh, so like it definitely worked and like you know worked in our favour. But it was just kind of cool also because we were, we were all into riding park anyway. So. Um, that that place was just a park with so a blue run, pretty much. Did you end up instructing with park style of riding, working at COP then, or? Uh, no, like we didn't teach much park. We had like random coaching groups and stuff, but it was mainly just typical fucking beginner lessons, intermediate lessons. Mm. It was only when I was at Snow Park that I actually got to teach park, or like right. you know, and like f- fully get into it. And it was just like the same lesson every time. It was loose Australians who can like ride pretty well. But they have real crazy style. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, just like, yeah, that that was pretty funny. But it was just the same lesson every time. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's weird because I can't imagine Aussies going and writing COP. Like I've seen them. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Like um, it was at our snow park. Sorry, like, oh, like when I teach park, the COP was just it was just you know Canadians and just whoever. All oh, right, just like basic beginner stuff. And so, did you end up bouncing back and forth from Ruapehu to Canada? For yeah, a so I did one went Ruapehu and then to Canada, and I went back to Ruapehu my last year there in 2010, mm-hmm. and that was that was when I met Tom Campbell. The oh, yeah. fucking legend of legends. Rest in peace, Tom. Yeah. And um, I went back one more year after that. Mm-hmm. And then I was... Uh, what happened then? Yeah, I was going to go back there again, but I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to go down south real bad. And it was Pirate Dave who got me to go to Wanaka, of all oh, people. Yeah. How did you meet Pirate Dave? Um, so we had... Our whole crew in Canada was me, Scott, and Alex, and then some, um, and then just people who we met there. Because mm. Scott went there the year before, and then he got us jobs the year after and we just sort of knew a whole bunch of other kiwis who worked at cop and they had a huge house of like 10 kiwis or something and there was us so we obviously just met and just had this mega crew of like it was mainly kiwis a few aussies and there was there well i think the second year there was like 22 or 23 of us in two houses it was pretty so lost. pirate dave was instructing at cop as well he no he was a lifty he was a lifty yeah <laughs> there was like there was like maybe a handful of instructors a couple of lifties um like some people worked in like customer service just like yeah. fucking everything so, so we worked just, in ticket offices first year at Cadrona. yeah i mean yeah. that dude is incredible on the fucking skateboard yeah and snowboard we snowboard have the, we're the best Game of skate rivalries, man, Pirate Dave, I love it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we've had so many good ones over the years. <laughs> and we'll go back a little bit. Uh, we mentioned Tom Campbell. How did um, Tom Campbell come into the picture? Oh, it was actually a pretty bad scenario. We had a mutual friend who unfortunately passed away. It was in a um, drink driving accident. And um, it was a friend, my f- mate's girlfriend, her friend was dating Tom at the time. Right. And he came around one day just to hang out and, um, randomly, and then we kind of just sort of became friends then, but quite quite like loosely. Mm. And then the next year, he moved down to, like to Wanaka, and then I did my last season at Ropehu. And then I, mm. and then obviously when I came down to Wanaka, I had like one more you know, like, like friend to to catch up with and like to ride with. So, um, mm. yeah, and then from there, obviously we were just like he worked at Cardi's I worked at Cardi's and we were just became really good friends yeah was he groomer driving yeah he was then? yeah so he was building the park at Turo right he was like the made that park so good because hmm. um, the park at Whakapapa was just like kind of I don't know not very not very great but um, and then Turo they just had like a proper sort of park program and he was I'm pretty sure he was like the head builder I think it was him and his friend Nathan and they just made like oh nine. they made like the most epic park that Ruapehu will ever see and then I think 2010 he moved down south mm. and like, like it was still real fun um, mm. that uh, next year and like the park at Turo has been getting better every year since yeah. Um, but yeah he was that was kind of like I think for me like it was the peak in 09 like way back yeah, yeah. and they had like a really good snow <laughs> year too so he just went nuts in the can and just built so much cool shit yeah because I think the testament to his park building abilities was that big air jump Oh, fuck. Or, uh, he, he, built, Wells. he built a few a few good big ears over the years eh? mm. they were fucking gnarly like the first year like they've, 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 they've almost gotten a, like slightly smaller over the years just, yeah. just, just because they they get built differently but like the first few years they were just like 
like 90 foot to like the knuckle it was just so yeah. fucking massive I mean, people are going to get over hitting something like that pretty quick aren't they like yeah well I, I, I think just over the years people realize that you don't have to build jumps that big mm. you've just got to build them in a certain way that gives you the same amount of hang time but with less consequence because yeah. no one wants to fly 100 feet and catch an edge because oh, you'll fucking die <clears throat> i remember the Cardi's Park back in the day and it was all step downs yeah oh, I like, think I think everywhere oh, it was, everywhere was and, all step downs <laughs> it's just it sketchy yeah fuck yeah like still like good jumps that are built mm. well but just different and they just like you just fall out of the sky yeah and if you see that knuckle coming towards you <coughs> you fucking know about it yeah Tom was like fuck you guinea pig that big ear jump after building it I was like yeah wow, I remember dude. seeing it like the year that the year it was the biggest it's ever been I think um, that was the year when he guinea pigged it and he went like dead straight from the very top of the drop in and like just cleared it and I was like holy shit that's just there's like you, you can't go any higher <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it was just enough speed I was like fuck you don't want to knuckle that thing fuck was that the one where he he was filmed and it's almost like a late 180 yeah that and was that like that was his like signature was like the it was kind of like a stalled out 180 right so and that was put in the end of one of the park crew edits a few years back yeah no so that was i think it was an old clip but right. we put it in because that i think that was for the one of the park battles that they did with mm. new zealand snowboarding but we put it in like oh yeah it was, it was an old clip that we just put in right at the end it's like yeah. a little tribute yeah um, that that, i think like it just didn't get put up or posted but it was just yeah it was sick yeah well, um, <clears throat> when we will come back to Cadrona and Parks and yep. maybe even come back to Tom Campbell a bit more too. <clears throat> Most of us got to learn your name when you come down to Snow Park and you were riding for, were you riding for Battalion of Madwax at this time or was that? Uh, no, I, I'm trying to think what year it was. I think my last year at Ropehu was when I met Matt, uh, Matt Taylor, the Battalion rep. Mm. And then I, I met him in spring and then we just ended up I think I had like chatted to him for a bit about like like trying to ride for battalion or something, and then I bought a board off him uh, after that season. Then went went to Canada, and then I came back from Canada and I went to Ruapehu, sorry, Ruapehu to uh, Snow Park for the first time, and then I was riding for them like kind of on flow, um, um, like like when I got to Snow Park. Oh yeah, yeah, the first year, <clears throat> and then I think I went to North Star for a season after that or for like six weeks for a holiday that was real fun and then i came back back to snow park again for its last year and that was when i actually got on battalion properly or like right. on like the team i guess and, and was that the new zealand team yeah or? yeah there was that was when i also met mitch brown for the first time oh yes yeah. mitch was yeah. on battalion then. yeah exactly oh right no definitely got a shout out to mitch for like also the um local influences back then because yeah he was fucking the sickest pipe rider yeah and then because we did like a random like a night shoot at snow park and no uh, yeah i like f- first met him then because he like he like picked me up and we were just like young away and like definitely like kind of got on pretty well pretty quickly mm. i mean yeah, shit, that dude. dude's been snowboarding his whole life yeah like, i know like a lot of people say that but he's actually fucking his whole fucking life yeah that's crazy eh? yeah and like the shoot that we did or like the film we filmed for was it was like a um a park edit that was mainly like rails and he still just like ripped the fucking rails out of nowhere mm. I'd, I'd never seen him <clears throat> ride in person but you kind of picture that like you know like pipe riders are just sort of generally just make, like pipe riders yeah but yeah he was just like killing all the rails I was like, yeah Fuck, that's so dope that he can just do that 
and still be like the gnarliest pipe writer. Because mm. he, he won like the US Open, not the US, he won the, the New, Zealand, uh, New Zealand, Zealand Open a couple yeah. of times, eh? Yeah. He got a pro board for that, I think. Yeah, the Buzzy B board. Yeah, the Buzzy B. Yeah, yeah talk, talking about that not too long ago, actually. Yeah, it's, it's yeah I can't remember what year it was, but it was, he's, he's killing it for oh, so sweet. long. And so Snowpike, um, so you ended up coming down Snowpike as, how did the Snowpike thing happen? Oh, it was full luck, because the first year I was in Wanaka, it was a really, really bad pre-season. There was mm-hmm. no snow at all, no, like, no resorts opened and I was in, I was trying to get a job teaching and it was the first year that they had um, a ski school at Snowpark. I remember that season. Yeah, and yeah. it was like it was terrible snow and then Snowpark blew a bunch of snow before anyone mm. and they just had like a run or two open so all of the South Island, like the lessons went to Snowpark mm. and they were so overrun they just couldn't really sort of keep up with it. So I got called just to like, as like a backup and got hired to teach and as soon as they hired me everywhere else opened and it got quiet <laughs> so i got my job but it was just um it was really mellow and i just got to i got to ride so much there it was, that was, it, was, it was so much fun that year and yeah and then it was the year where it sewed down to the valley floor mm. and everyone could ride from like the top of snow park and Katrina down to the floor it was yeah so it was like literally yeah. two weeks from the scheduled opening day was just earth yeah they and and they got mm. like I think we ended up getting probably like two or three weeks worth of snow in like a few days. Yeah, like and four. Like the ent- and it was like the base for the entire season, and we got mm. it in like a week or something. Yeah, oh, like a meter, crazy. a meter dump. Oh, it was yeah, it was so much. Brent Scream was down with a Madwax trip and DJ. Yeah, and then he got sort of stuck here, and then that's when he was like, "Fuck, I want to move back down here." That would be a pretty right. good reason to do yeah, it after, yeah. after that storm. <laughs> yeah. That was that was crazy. Speaking of which, how did um, with Brent Screen? How did Madwax come I, into the picture? I honestly can't remember. I like, I remember meeting him a few times and just chatting him about it or something. And then yeah, he just like flowed me wax for just for years. He's such a G, old Brent. And but yeah, I just it was it was real long ago, but it would have been around the snow park time, mm. like when I was down here. Mm. With um, that snowpark season, you get your fair share of like the internationals coming through and be like, "Holy fuck!" And oh, that the, the first year I was there was like the best fucking season. It was twenty eleven when I think it was when the Senates took over for because mm. they did. I think they took over for two years, and it was kind of like a dream season. Like we had good snow. Every contest that they had had like real mean weather. All the pros were there, and just like be able to watch like you know the proper like highest level of of our snowboarding. Um, was like they had like the burnt high fives and the um, Billabong bro down was it the bro down yeah and just every just like the whole season was just like perfect like that that competition the Billabong one always had yeah. the most notorious after oh party. god it's like, like the gnarliest <laughs> the four like the gnarliest parties of staff parties that I've ever been to was the Billabong ones because mm. it kind of dubbed as like the staff party for the oh, yeah. I guess for, like, for everyone working there and it was just it was just loose I remember the first one I went to were just um it was the first one or the second year and they had just free beer unlimited you could get any amount of beer you wanted from the bar like literally you could be like oh can i have four or five or six or whatever and uh after a few hours the beer ran out and then it went to free monster and jaeger or something like that it was (laughs) it was no no, that's, that's not even the worst of it and then 
by like 11 o'clock that ran out and it just went to free one. Oh god <laughs> Steph Z was there um, and he was full sober I remember I chatted to him like the next day or something and he said that he would just go from having a conversation with someone just like a regular like right now and then mm. next person he like they couldn't even talk and it was like black just black out and then I think I think Homebrew played at one of them too mm. yeah um, Homebrew played and I think within because there wasn't even really a stage it was just like a little fucking a little pedestal or whatever and yeah within like um like a minute they were just like fuck everyone get on stage and it was just it was like the loosest party yes so, so much fun though and then yeah there were some there were so, some sore heads the next day do you remember a scottish guy stew that was doing the maintenance yeah fuck, so i yeah. was living with him in Season 212 two. he was my flatmate yeah i think that um that billabong one i think he woke up in patrol with an ivy drip on him oh i bet he did <laughs> And it just sounded like that was just the going theme there. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, fucking Billabong broke down and woke up in patrol with an IV yeah. drip. And yeah, they, they gave me one of those at Cadrona once. <laughs> what for? <laughs> just being hungover. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know if I was meant to say that or not, but I won't say when or who, but it was one of the, I can't remember what the party was. It was just like a, like, pro- probably just a staff party. Yeah. Maybe two or three years ago. I think it was two, it was two years ago and just got, all the boys just park boys just got you know annihilated and in the morning i just went to patrol just to get some like free panadol <laughs> and i rocked up and um i was like oh i have to get some panadol and they're like oh why don't you have an iv drip like as a joke and then, like, like i think like the nurse was just like yeah fuck it why not <laughs> so i got like i feel like got to actually feel what it's like to be brutally hung over and have a proper like you know saline drip put in and it was amazing Oh really? Yeah, they made me. They gave me a blanket and made me a cup of tea. <laughs> and I was just sitting there. I was just like, "This is so hilarious." And then, yeah, like I think it was a put up a picture. It was like um, a friend put up a picture on my like on like the gram or something. And then everyone thought that I got hurt because I was in patrol. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it was like maybe like Margot or someone. Heck, it was just like, "What happened to Jack?" It's like, "The fuck are you talking about?" Like he's fine. It's like, "Oh, he was in patrol," and then. I didn't tell the boys at the end of the day because mm. they're like, why are you so like fine? And everyone's like dead. I'm like, oh, I got an IV drip from patrol. <laughs> and I felt sweeter. I, I couldn't believe how well it worked. Oh, shit. Shout out. <laughs> Ski patrol. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, shit, man. Mm. And so were you, um, <clears throat> with Snow Park and stuff, were you going back to the Northern Hemisphere? Yeah, so I went to, yeah, I went to North Star for one trip and then the year after that i went to colorado for the first time um just like a county? holiday yep yeah just i think the first year the first year i was in oh no, sorry yeah because i the last year at snow park their closing party the one that zoe touched on in her oh, <laughs> podcast right. yeah um when i yeah when i broke my ankle yeah um i did the real rookie thing and obviously i broke it and it was pretty bad and I didn't let it heal properly, yeah. and I was just so adamant that I was going overseas to, like, you know, to go ride, and ended up going to Colorado for the first time, and, like, could barely ride. I almost, like, had to go home. I ended up having to, I remember I almost, like, called to change my flights and fly home, and I ended up putting a pair of socks down my boot to cover over where it got, where I broke my ankle, and then I could ride that way. <laughs> <laughs> and I could like just ride, and like it never, it never properly healed from that. 
Jesus. But yeah, that was from that was courtesy of the fucking snow park staff party. <laughs> like it was like the closing party too, because oh, we'll that was stu- their last year. Let's touch on that party then. Um, <laughs> Zoe mentioned that that's the first time she met you. Yeah, was, I don't know if I already was at the really, snow. Well, she would have been hella kid, right? Yeah, I don't know if I even remember meeting you that night because mm. that was. Um, <laughs> all, all I remember is when I got to the to the party, it was still daylight because mm. it was it was the Cadrona closing day. That day was the night of the staff party, right? And we got there, and <laughs> they were out back in one of the fields by the Senate's house, mm. and they just had a van full of all the liquor left over from Snow Park. Like, not, like, beer and wine, like, liquor, like, bottles of fucking vodka and shit, and just a shotgun with, you know, like, clay targets. Yeah. And you're just kind of looking at, like, these two things probably shouldn't be just so close together. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that night, um, I remember being out. This is um, also courtesy of Ollie Burke. Ollie Burke? Yeah, well, <laughs> um, we were on the trampolines. They have those, like, Olympic kind of like grade like ground mounted trampolines mm. so i think i think zoe thought that it happened on the ramp but it was actually a friend of mine back home um my friend regan uh he was there too working that season and i don't know how but he broke his wrist that night on the ramp right because it was like raining it was yeah. like wet so I, I wasn't skating but i was on the trampolines mm. and we had like a tramp board and me and ollie were just you know messing around and he's like do a fucking one-footed backflip and <laughs> I did like one or two of them and then I did one where like when you bounce and you don't bounce up you bounce like off your heels and bounce backwards yeah. and I did like a like a one foot backy with this tramp board and like kicked my foot all the way out but landed on the wood like sides of the trampoline like the oh, wooden panels yeah. and just my, the whole top of my ankle just like exploded like it was fucking gross and that was when I yeah I got um, taken away in an ambulance and just destroyed my ankle and it's, it's it's still kind of fucked to this day because i didn't let it heal from going over to colorado like four months after it happened or something mm, so there's a lesson in there kids yeah if you uh, break your ankle <laughs> be, be, break a bone fucking let it heal so was all his back working at snow park well he was doing the airbag or something there, yeah right? yeah he would he'd do like the bag jump shit there um every now and then and then yeah like the, the few years after that whenever i'd see him he'd like would always look real gutted and be like fuck i'm sorry that i like told you to do that i was like oh sorry mate fucking i made the call but but like he <laughs> had brought up for like so many years it was fucking hilarious <laughs> and uh while we were talking about zoe Sinnott, uh she mentioned bilsey taking her out but we might have uh a story that it was actually you or well, done. well like i was listening to that story and it either could have been him but i had a very similar one with her too that she may have been remembering as that or a different one but in spring at snow park same thing it was some slushy tranny finder we were hitting and and, and she was with hamish at the time coaching and i boosted off this hit and as soon as i took off i saw her like come into sight and landed and like took her heels out and just kind of bear hugged her and i was like holy fuck i've just killed robinson its daughter i'm never gonna be able to ride a snow park again and then and i was like holy shit look are you okay she's like yeah i'm, I'm sweet just gets up and rides away i was like oh shit but yeah that was <laughs> i think that was probably like my first actual like i guess me, like time meeting zoe was mm. smoking her in springtime <laughs> What was your favourite feature at Snow Park? Like? Oh, fuck. I know there's um, a lot to choose from, but the, the one feature that you like. Definitely like the last jump. Oh, and yeah. the, the last jump and the triple line and the quarter pipe. 
Oh, the yeah. quarter pipe's so unique. It was like so fucking massive. Like it went, it was super wide. It was huge, and, iconic, that thing. Yeah, and it was mm. like, you know, it was always there every season. And it was mm. so much fun to just actually have a proper quarter pipe that you can session all the time. And it was real fun to hike too. Yeah. And you could hike it at like the end of the day when it was like sunset. So was, I, loved, uh, I loved that step up they had to the skiers right of that quarter. Yeah, that thing was and, the high speed one. Was well, that one like the big one? That, I, I, I knew, um, the one I had wasn't huge. It was like big, oh, yeah. big enough, but it was not the Travis Rice one that you see. Oh, yeah, like yeah that's fucking towed in and shit. Yeah, I saw that but, one year. That thing was just. I think they built it for one of the Red Bull camps. Yeah, I think there's only just looks, those just sitting look, there. Right? Just looks stupid. Eh? It was so big. Yeah, well, fuck! It was a trip seeing these pictures that Dylan Butt sent through of him hitting the the Burton kicker, which was about a hundred foot. And it's like, a step fuck, down, no man. doubt. A step down, yeah, no <laughs> three. It's so, fuck, man, like. Because people were complaining that they weren't allowed to hit it was just for the burden. I was like, yeah, and for fucking good yeah, breath, like you'll die. Like, <laughs> do you really want a piece of that? Yeah. Can you imagine a hundred foot step down and like doing something wrong, <laughs> like off the takeoff hell. or like I mean, catching your edge? I mean, um, It'd be the end of you. I mean, fuck any listeners. Go back to Dylan Butts uh, post on the Instagram page and have a look. This fucking jumps the size of a fucking two story building. Yeah, I remember the um, the last year of Snow Park. Um, the end of the season, we rode Cadrona a bunch, mm. just because we just like wanted to ride somewhere different. And um, you could see—I'm not sure if it was that year, but one of the years you could see the the wedge from Cadrona. Oh yeah, yeah. You could see the fucking back of the takeoff. Fucking hell! I can't remember which year it was, but it was um, it was when they had the one that was in the same place as the that's that's all one. Oh, that fucking fuck. gigantic one on the um, like kind of coming off the box line. Off, and oh, I just remember being at Kadrona and, and kind like, of by the woolshed ish yeah, yeah yeah and you could just see this like little square because mm. it was that fucking gigantic yeah I, I did like that box line too because it was oh, yeah, the box line was a awesome. chair and I could just yeah. be a kook <laughs> hide away yeah 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 that box line was awesome they had so many random rails mm. and just real fun progressive shit they always had this weird thing that they'd always put a freaky feature on like one year they had a concrete mix of fucking tub yeah and, and the, they had like the, I remember like one of the bro downs they had like the fucking they had full gas a gas like pump oh, as, a, yeah. as a tap that, right. that worked really well they had a few things that were I don't know I remember fucking one of the years for the bro down they tried to put it in down the very bottom after the jumps it was like it was probably the gnarliest thing I've ever seen or like attempt to be put into a park and it was like an old T-bar tower like with the ladder kind of you meant to ride the ladder i guess but oh, it was yeah. facing like the wrong way back up the hill it just looks so i don't know what they were thinking but um, like this bit to get tangled up in there yeah and, and then they put it in and then it was the day of practice and they just ripped it out straight away and then had to close the course of the day so if i missed the day of practice mm. and they just put like a flat box in yeah but right. they had because they had cats working in there at that time and I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you come up with that? <laughs> yeah. I think that was part of that thing, though, was like, come up with an idea and just build it. Like, yeah. Fuck it. And just see, and just see fucking if it works or not. Yeah, yeah. But even from the start with that one, I don't know if that was ever going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but I did think that was kind of cool that they had some things that were a little bit different, like tires and... Yeah. Well, they, had, they had a really massive rail fleet. Mm. So we were definitely lucky to be able to like get some of them for for Cadrona after oh, they yeah. closed. And um, so Colorado, who were you riding with over there? 
mainly just the New Zealand crew. I think that last year at Snowpark was probably when I kind of met a lot of the Kiwi like Kiwi riders who were just um, like I guess riding a lot of park and um, a couple of uh, older dudes too, but more of like the New Zealand team or like yeah. um, like who's there like Ben Comber, like Christy Pryor, um, Milu. Just like a lot of the crew who I guess kind of like training, but I was I was going there and just riding for fun. Yeah. But they were like obviously like for, for oh, years. So Brick was, was like the the training place. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. And Tommy Pyatt was in the picture somehow. Yeah, he t- I think towards the end. So I went there for a few years, and I can't remember when I ever really first met Tommy. I think it was oh, what twenty fourteen maybe. I uh, it was no sorry 2013 it was the after I broke my ankle when right. I had the socks in my boots or whatever towards the end of that trip because I ended up I ended up going out to Utah for like oh, a yeah. week or two and I met all the Aussie crew yep um, shout out to all those boys fucking legends that, like all the Parachute Threadbow crew like the odd folks and like, what were they called back then BHK I was like they they the crew name kind of kept changing for a while there was like a few different crews of them and I came back. Um, and I was meant to fly back home, back to New Zealand. And I think someone put me and Tommy together in like an email or something. And he's like, oh, like there was this massive storm in Denver where it's quite rare, like it snowed in the city. And he's like, oh, do you want to come and like try shoot some spots or something? And I was like, my first time ever shooting with a photographer. I was like, oh, fuck, yes, sweet. And it was me, him, and my homie Parker, who I was at Snow Park with, him, my friend Danny. And we left at like 10.30 at night, met up with Tommy, met him for the first time, and we were just looking around for like rails to hit all night, and we finished at like 6am or something, it was just literally the entire night, and we found a spot that was actually good at, it was the University of Boulder, and they had heaps of sick um, down flat downs and triple down rails, and we just found one like down flat down that was pretty sweet, and... I think we like got this shot at like five thirty in the morning, just before school's in there. Yeah, like and like there were still people up and like walking around and shit. It was real crazy, just like and the feature had no drop in, dead flat. My buddy Parker was just like bro towed me in from the flat, and then we got a shot on it, and I think that was ended up being my first ever uh, fast forward. Was it for, oh, right. for our New Zealand <clears throat> snowboard? Mm. Yeah, and then. That was when I first met Tommy, and then he was the dude who I like, because he was always, I think he was coaching Nico back then, or kind of getting into coaching, so he was always in Colorado, so like whoever, like most Kiwis would always kind of shoot with him there um, every now and then, and he was like, I know he'd always had the sketchiest shit to shoot, like he was like renowned for it, like if he had like an idea for a spot, it was always just like so fucking gnarly or like just... You kind of see it, but, oh, I mean, I'd like check, I'd check this picture of this spot, like, and you'd be like, "Fuck no, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hitting that, like, no way." But um, we ended up doing one that was pretty sick. It was at Copper Woodward at Copper, and it was this gnarly ledge that kind of came out off a roof. And we, he showed me a photo of it, and I was just like, "I'm not." and hitting that like that is just ridiculous and like some some other the other kiwi crew were like nah like it's just a bad idea because it's like a, a story drop on either side just a concrete in a mm. car park and i think it was me and 
Angus Gray ended up going out and Nico came out and Nico's mum drove us all to the spot in like a minivan. Mm. <laughs> so it was fucking, it was so random and it ended up working. You kind of just sort of dropped off this roof onto this ledge and then rode down to the car park. And um, yeah, I remember after I'd like landed it maybe like four or five tries and then I think Angus may have got hurt trying or something. I think he hurt his ribs or something. But yeah, it was definitely like a, a classic Tommy Pyatt like photo like spot <laughs> so but yeah like we'd, we'd, we'd always shoot with him in Colorado because mm-hmm. he was kind of like the dude there and he was a sick photographer when did Cadrona get into the picture um, so Cadrona uh, obviously with unfortunately Snow Park closing um, I met two of the two of the park crew dudes Kevin Otto shout out to those boys oh, too yeah, yeah Kevin um, I met him like sort of briefly at the end of the Wanaka season in 2012 and then i was in colorado and i'd always ride with him and otto um over there over the seasons but over that year i kind of like got to know him then and then that year like pretty much all the old park crew quit like that's right yeah, yeah so and it was i think it was just like pirate dave kevin otto and matt slocum mm. and then obviously heath was in charge that year and that was those sort of four dudes were left and mm. then they hired some other. I think it was sorry, like <clears throat> Nick was there too. And um, I asked Kevin. Kevin Dave I was like, "Oh, like, can you like give me reference or whatever?" Like to obviously once I found out the snow park closed, mm. and I only got hired part time first. And then I was yeah, I was I was half I was part time HPC part time. Were you um, coaching for HPC as yeah, well? Yeah, oh, be, like, barely. I was I was part time HPC, and then I was maybe going to do part crew like later like like when it got real busy mm. and yeah i coached hpc for maybe maybe four or five times i right. i coached at jj for like no a day way. like jj liam wiley sam christie just like a, like a big crew of kids maybe like yeah only a handful of times mm. and then heath ended up breaking his back testing the oh, third right. jump yeah. and then i was full-time after that <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, Heath's misfortune was my good fortune. Thanks, Heath. <laughs> Cheers, Heath. <laughs> Fucking legend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this, yeah, Heath, he's a bit of a character. Yeah. Well, seeing as you brought him up, what's this about Cadrona uh, party and Heath? Oh, on a, oh no, I didn't know. It was a party at Hawea. Right. And we just, t- typical park crew, we just got way over the top hammered, especially me. And we were just, I, I just blacked out pretty much. And um, all I remember is we were doing like punch for punch, like on each other's arms, you know, like we were just messing around. Yeah. And that was like my last memory. And then, like, I only found out about this, what actually happened recently this summer. But um, the next morning I woke up and I had my whole hand was just swollen, like, couldn't see any bones. It was just this big bump and it was so sore. And then, Matt Slocum uh, posted in the group chat. He was like, oh, hey, man, like, the head of transport wants to see you. Like, you should probably give her a call. Something about, like, a person spewing on a bus or something. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, All right. K is yeah, K. K, K, yeah. K yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, Mrs. Heath, and I was like, oh, hey, man, do you have Kay's number? And I called her up, and I was like, oh, hey, it's Jack from Parks. Like, just got told to give you a call about a problem with a bus and spewing. And she's just like, what are you talking about? Like, there was no no one speed on a bus or anything like you like what do you, what do you mean and i realized i didn't click that maddie just stitched me up real good 
because I had no idea what happened. So I ended up, I thought I was in heaps of trouble, but I wasn't. But then, and then we'd always joke about it. And then uh, this summer, I was chatting to Heath, and it got brought up randomly, the story about when we were punching each other. And then he mentioned that I actually punched him in the back of the head. <laughs> and I had no idea, and I was just like, what? Like, really? Okay, actually, because I had never punched anyone in the head of my life, and I just fucking, we were just like, obviously getting fucking rowdy. And I was like, oh, wait, it kind of explains why my fucking hand was destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and, then be like, and like back when it happened like a day or two later we saw each other in the lift line and we just started laughing at each other <laughs> like, fuck <laughs> such an idiot speaking yeah. of park crew stitching each other up what the hell is up with this Birdman game oh Birdman is just it's not with the park crew it's like it's a worldwide thing the oh. first time I ever heard about it was Brandon Cocard uh and defenders of awesome he oh, right. he he ex- explains the rules and that's when we first heard about it and then we just started playing it that nice. stupid game and then but like the rules of the game are like once you're told the rules you're in for life so right. over the years we would just do it and then it's it gets so annoying like mm. but you, like you do it like out at the bar to someone and they've got to like lie on the floor and right. like there were nights you'd come home and you'd be like just covered in shit from <laughs> and like you do it to people in like the muddy car park or just like we had to make a rule on park crew that that you had to you couldn't do it when we were raking the jumps because people would boost over the jumps and people were getting like really close to getting smoked but yeah it's just a for those who don't know it's just a it's a stupid game where if you do um like a I don't know how to say it, like a a certain gesture with your hands and someone looks at you, they have to lie down no matter where they are for 10 seconds. And it's just, we we told a bunch of the Grommies last season and now Mm. they all do it and it's such a bad, (laughs) such a bad call. But yeah, it's just stupid. Where's the the worst place you got Birdman? Oh, fuck. The worst, like, is when you're about to get on the chairlift. Like, (laughs) you've gone past the gates and you've got to lie down in the lift line, like, about to get on the chair and you're blocking off everyone and everyone's like what the fuck is this person doing so you still commit you still commit. no matter what you pretty fuck much got to hell. yeah like there was yeah I, would, I remember getting like one of the boys like springtime like muddy in the middle of the car park and it's such a stupid game but really funny and then yeah the best person i think one of my favorite people to get is jj because he hates it yeah like he'll just oh we went to the obsidian awards last season yeah for that big hair like that whole uh comp they had on and he had to go up there and yeah he was like walking back off the stage and i got him and i remember him just like he just looks so angry because <laughs> it's, it's just so stupid and immature but kind of funny at the, the same time funniest one i heard about was a patroller on the snowmobile going past your jump line when you guys were all raking yeah <laughs> I uh, just got all of us. I think that was EJ. It was mm. Emily. Then over the radio, <laughs> could you please put both hands on the controls of the snowmobile? Yeah, place? yeah. Then you got in trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, it's sweet. so stupid. So, yeah, so it, childish, but we love it. <laughs> so no one's um, no one's um, been birdmanned in water bar toilets or anything then, because oh, for a back when mint bar was a thing, like you'd get down on like the dance floor and it was just disgusting. But, yeah, yeah, fuck. Oh yuck! There's been some bad ones over the years. <laughs> Very bad. Park crew, Cadrona Park crew. Where do we begin with that? Oh fuck! It's too many. It's too, too many, many years now. Too many, too many years, years to like, go over. 
I think it's oh, season number nine this year. Number nine. Fuck, it's a long time. <clears throat> pretty heavy, pretty heavy crew then. Yeah, we've had for like I think there's like a good four or five year period where we had like one new person maybe. Like mm. it was just the same, um, the same crew. Yeah. For yeah, just for years on end, and it was it was just awesome because everyone knows what to do and everyone's like one sort of like solid team so it was always like you never had to train anyone you never had to like tell people what to do everyone just knew what to do because we were like all, all returning because we all enjoyed it so much yeah. and then unfortunately like we lost a lot of the crew just because of covid that's um, right but yeah. yeah we've got a pretty new crew now but everyone's like everyone's killing it the last few years so mm. that's been really good i, th- I think our, our whole crew this year pretty much is the same as last year yeah right. so everyone must have enjoyed it a bit like last year or I wanted to come back. Sweet. <laughs> Who's in the crew this year? There's Maddie, obviously me, Slocum, myself, Ross came back. Yeah. Um, and Maddie Steele, Brent, Gus, and TJ is just starting now. All oh, right. Yeah. Sweet. This week. So yeah, it's a it's a smaller crew now, but yeah, everyone's holding it down. So it's um, it's it's, it's been good. It's been a good year. Hmm. Maddie Steele, eh? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I believe he goes as Dragon Steel sixty nine. <laughs> oh no, sorry, Steel Steel Dragon. 69. Steel Dragon sixty nine. He'll kill me for getting what, that wrong. What does that? Mean? It's his it's his gaming name. Oh right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steel Dragon. Oh, I don't know. He was always going to be the guy that buffed on the McDougal's ramp on the closing day. I just some yeah, things he, you can't unsee. Yeah, but yeah. he he did that intentionally. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was yeah. so funny. <laughs> And what about crew past that you're working with? Sorry, you mean so the crew <laughs> crew in the past? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so like we had obviously we had like the Americans. We had um, Kevin Otto. Um, Otto was only there for a few years. Kev left two years ago, but he was mm. there for like maybe like eight seasons or so. And then he's been there for like longer than everyone. Yeah, he was Holding like the first down. skier in the Kadrona Park crew. Yeah, there was him yeah. and a guy Nick. Yeah, I think Nick showed up yeah. the year after. But yeah, and then, then yeah, then obviously he like left the park crew like maybe three years ago, four years ago. Mm. He he just got promoted up higher. So. Ops manager now, or something. Yeah, yeah. biggest the, the biggest cheese. The biggest cheese. Yeah, yeah. Rankin <laughs> Rankin park crew is just types of cheese, or just like you know, <laughs> big cheese, two cheese, three cheese. Right. Another stu- stupid thing that's just stupid lasted park over the years. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like we saw it in a movie, and I think we we called Kev. Like the big, oh, sorry, no, we called, we called Heath the big cheese because he was the boss at the time and he hated it. Yeah. So it stuck straight away. Yeah. And then we started calling, like, Kevin was like two cheese and, yeah, and then even now I, I, I call Heath big cheese all the time. I, I yelled at him and he gives me the most annoyed look. <laughs> That's why I keep doing it. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and, yeah, and then we had, yeah, we had, like, James in like the um, Aussie dudes who were there for like quite a while too. James was there for like like as long as me, and they unfortunately just got just got the stitch up from COVID and, and they couldn't come back. Uh, yeah, he was a bit of a fixture, James. Yeah, he's yeah. a head of thread by now. Oh really? Career. Yeah, he's oh, the sweet. he's the big cheese. Well, speaking of you guys, fucking doing stupid things. Um, <laughs> You want to talk about the rookie race? Oh, rookie racing, sick! Yeah. <laughs> it was a thing that I think it was a big thing before I was on Park Crew. Yeah, and when Pirate Dave was there, he um, uh, his first year he got fucking hazed real hard because it was back when there was like Nate and shit were on the crew. Yeah, and they would, I think, like I don't know him that well. I heard they were pretty hard ass dudes, yeah. and they just ripped the shit out of Dave, and he hated it. 
so and then they all left and then we were all on the crew and he was i think he kind of tried to sort of bring that same level of hazing back but it just didn't really work didn't yeah. really stick but they used to race their rookies down the landing of the big air all so right. like if you were new you would have to like lie on your stomach with your like arms back and someone would like ride you down the landing and like you would get raced Mm. and then it wasn't a thing for a few years and we did it a couple of years ago and it was fucking hilarious and then it got to the point where like events were getting involved ski patrol got involved one year <laughs> and yeah we had, had to have people like blocking off because it was getting like actually sketchy for people flying down towards the learner slip like off the fucking <laughs> off the bank but yeah like it was it was it was real fun i quite liked it it was just it was just like a you know we, we we haven't done it we didn't do it last year but I think we might have to bring it back this year. <laughs> it's just so stupid, but yeah, because people get smoked. I've seen that old crew you were talking about, the like Nate, Johnny Young. Crew. Yeah, they were savaged with what was this dude's name? He was the Grommy Piggins. Um, but I remember they'd, they'd had their night out in Queenstown, and one of my friends was sober driving them back. Yeah, and they were insistent to stop up at Cadrona. They were all totally fucking done. <laughs> I remember mean, walking into the old staff room, you know, the one that's down, that's now the food and beverage thing. Yeah. Walking into there, and it was just fucking carnage. And they'd got the Grommy, slammed them up on the lockers, <laughs> and they were all back on the other side of the staff room, throwing everyone else's, not theirs, ski boots at him and snowball boots and shit. <laughs> ski boots just like pounding them with this shit, hey, and he was fucking... Oh, and then God. one of them went out and in the middle of some competition ollied off the top of the 22-foot half-pipe right to the fucking <laughs> flat. <laughs> like, shit like that. Bite of the ACLs. <laughs> yeah. Those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounded, it sounded ruthless back in those days. It was a little bit more tame when we were there, but... Some some that kind of shit. Would still I just down, remember but. opening the door and the ski boot like flying past my face and just plowing into this door. Like, <laughs> damn! Like. <laughs> uh, who are some of your favourite people to shred with? Um, like the park crew for sure, because we're like we're riding together all the time, and like everyone's just kind of like their own kind of individual rider, and um, just you know makes for a really fun day when you get to ride with different people all the time too, because we have different people working every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always fun watching Maddie, fucking the the swivel master. Yeah, <laughs> and like fucking all those like random fucking no grab whip tricks on jumps. So what? Yeah, what's your favorite thing that you watch him do? Um, he did. We had the a flat rail to stairs. Yeah, um, we we have it mostly. It's, like, it's a real popular rail, and he did like a a fifty fifty front one swivel to like. And then like a 180 off, but dragged down the stairs and did it real late. Yeah. I, I like filmed it for him a couple of years ago and that was, fuck, that was, that was such a cool clip. But yeah, he just swivels everything. He just keeps fucking going. <laughs> just keeps oh, going. He's a very, very talented rider that day. Yeah. And like, yeah, like the rest of the crew suck. It's just like, cause we obviously, we're always riding together. Mm. It's, um, everyone's just unique and got real fun tricks and like the groomers too like we don't, we don't i don't get to ride with the groomers like a lot because they're obviously like they're, they're like sleeping mm. and like different schedules but yeah everyone's it's, it's mounting oski ride too he's he's a power he, he's a beast rider, right? he's a beast yeah. get the fuck out of his way yeah especially if you're Richard. <laughs> are you listening red gerard <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's right he almost murdered a man well, he in, the, in the uh, mini pipe yeah, he very, totally cleaned them out, didn't he? Oh, I, th- I think it was a very close call. I think they yeah. like clipped. 
and kind of just like yeah it was, it was something I've seen the video somewhere like Oscar comes out of a crippler lands and just clips Red and there's yeah. no way Red would have stood a fucking chance nah like Oscar's Gold medal or not, he would have got flattened. Oh, totally, yeah. man. No, we had a day too when like, me and Oski went on. The first day I did a double backy on a park jump. Yeah. And Oski hadn't done any that season. And we just did like, and we ended up doing them like side by side on the jump. That was a real fucking, that was a really fond memory. That was sick. And then mm. out of the blue, like James Woods just, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll do one too in the middle. <laughs> Fuck. Like, <laughs> I mean, there was like, there was the three of us doing double backies. At the same time on the big bucks jumps, that was like a couple of years ago. Christ. That was that was a real fun day. Shit, that's the crowded takeoff. Yeah, and I, I remember like fuck, I remember like coming into the like the jump to do it, and there was like fuck probably like ten or fifteen people around like the jump with their phones out, <laughs> just waiting to see like if it works out or not. <laughs> but luckily it did. That was yeah. That was rad. And what's the rawest thing you've seen Ross do? Oh, fuck it. We had that massive down flat rail, like the big, long red one, and he yeah. gapped the flat. That's right. The board His slide. Board yeah. Fucking folded and he rode yeah, out of it. But it didn't break. Yeah. That's it. He, he has so many like random sick things like that that I, I would never fucking want to do that. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, yeah, like, film this. And just like, yeah, just mm. killed it. That was a couple years ago, too, I think. Yeah, Raw Dog Ross. Yeah. And oh, favourite thing. <laughs> <laughs> well it's just when he was a lifty he'd always come in and his boards would be totally fucked and he's like oh yeah it's just on the big line it's like how are you on the big line on this fucking thing like yeah. there's no edge on this he makes yeah. it happen yeah same with yeah. Slocum. Slocum he's a he's a sick skater too like me, yeah. me and him skated a lot well we, we skated like over the whole lockdown too just yeah. like car parks and shit oh yeah, right. we skate heaps it's fun it's, um, Slocum had one season where he rode a, this forum board that had it was like a 156 or something, and it had about 90 centimetres of edge missing. <laughs> yeah, and he ran the same pair of bindings for like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> the most ghetto fucking raster malavitas. <laughs> Never forget those. And uh, Matty Steele, what's the raddest thing he's done? He's really got a hand drags. Is he? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he like, and, and um, he has a really good method. Does he? Yeah. Does we, he we, we did one... Well, like one day we were shooting randomly with, with Troy Tanner just on mm. the um, on the big bucks jumps. It was a really shit day, like a whiteout day, and we were just like, "Oh, we'll try and get some random black and white photos." And he did like a real good method, and he's got this perfect little snail trail, like from his shirt lifting up in the photo. Looks <laughs> 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 so, so fucking good. <laughs> then being black and white, it'll pop out even more. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Gus. Is yes. the most committed rider ever. Yeah, he's he's really got one foot shit. He can do like one foot threes on park jumps, just Fuck randomly. That. Yeah, that's what oh, I say. Shit, yeah, yeah. I'll I say I'll film it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's like the most committed park rider I've seen. Like mm. he's he's the most out of everyone. Full commit. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Then we got Brent, and but but Brent's like he's like a free rider. He's like just getting into riding park. Oh, but right. he fucking sends it goes for the like the S-Rail the Delphi down just fucking yeah no he's getting he's getting there well, there'll be a certain car parker that'll be happy to see that S-Rail back in oh yep yeah hounding <laughs> hounding for it like you're saying you're out there most days is there some of the younger and up and coming or current crew that sort of yeah there's heaps at the moment eh? like even like the development teams are sick but um it's a good thing about being in the park too is that like because we're working in there most of the day that we get to see a lot of the like the heavy riders like like Tian Zoe, 
Carlos, Mitchie, Devin. Yeah, so like just just that crew is is sick. Carlos is insane. He's like doesn't ride as much park as he used to, but like whenever he does, it's it's always pretty fucking pretty dope. And then obviously like you got Tian and Zoe, who are training there all the time, mm. and you get to watch like like always get to see when they're doing like a lot of their first tricks that they're learning. Yeah, because you um, were filming Zoe's double something yeah, last year, right? Everyone was, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah that that was pretty cool. But just and like especially with like Tian too. Because mm. it's insane. He yeah. looks like he already knows how to do a trick before he's learned it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like, whatever it is. Like, uh, when, like... Because I think when last spring, when Zoe learnt the cab double, like, off the mm. pipe thing that they built for the spring camp, and I think, like, Tian did a front double nine, like, kind of just to hang out. Just to, like, keep... <laughs> just to keep Zoe, like, motivated. He's like, he's like oh, just... Um, like, like, I may as well just learn this trick and just did it in two, <laughs> two, two tries. But, yeah, he's he's the... The person who I watch out of anyone who makes me feel the oldest, mm. like he's, how powerful he is, is like <laughs> I can watch him pop and do everything, and it's like it hurts my knees mm. when I watch him and skating too. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he skates like a pro skater. It's fucking, yeah. it's, it's annoying. Like his brain, <laughs> his brain's got to be like a trick encyclopedia, eh? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, no, but just like watching like that crew mm. and like get to see him like just even when they're just cruising mm. and not really like training or whatever. It's yeah, it's pretty cool, and there's yeah, there's like so many other like kids who are like coming up and like like cool. Kashima's real sick. Mm. It's like about to blow up. Well, like Prancho already is, and yeah, just all like they're like the quite young team. Like the development crews are like they got like the best like the airbag set up and shit now too. So like they just like fast tracking their progression. Yes, yeah, so and how, just getting super. How good. involved are you guys with the airbag and the progression set up for those guys? Not, re- not not much for the airbag. Mm. I I test the airbag. And then we just kind of like we'll kind of go over and sneak in and have like a little session here and there when it's not super it's like super busy. But we've built a couple of like private setups for them for like the yeah. snow sports team, like the at the pipe with like the different rail setups. And we did a few this year that I meant they're like kind of like Olympic re- like replicas or what are meant to be of the course mm. and for like the skis and stuff too. So um, yeah, like the air, the airbag is not so much. We just kind of go and hang out every now and then. But and then like. Yeah, we just build. Mm. That team is just progressing so well. Yeah. Because they've got really good coaches too. And like even like the development coaches and that too, like the other crews, like AJ and shit are just, it's, all their teams are just So the it. development coaches is Aaron Jamieson and Nick Brown, right? Yeah, they're so in good hands. You know, Cadrona does have a very good reputation as like a world-class puck. Yeah. I was hoping you can give us some enlightenment into what goes into building, maintaining, designing a world-class puck. Yeah, like, I think for the de- like design part, it's just the experience of like over the years um, trying to learn as much as like we could from like Heath and Kev and like Maddie and Dave and sucks. They like they've been doing it for a long time. Mm. And, and are they bring overseas ideas. Yeah, there? so so Kev and Otto were from Keystone, yeah. and Keystone's like always had one of the best parks in the world, especially like the best rail parks in the world. Mm. And I think too, Keystone's one of the only places that has like a schedule. So, mm. like, we obviously, like, rake every day at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, like, a lot of park cruisers around the world notoriously don't have that. Like, mm. this is kind of, like, a bit of a shit show. Um, not not all, but just, like, like the stereotype, I guess, of, of park crews. Mm. Um, and, I like, I've, like, definitely seen it around the world a lot, too. But we just have, like, a pretty, a pretty not, like, full strict, but we, we always rake the same amount of times every day pretty much at the same time. And that just, you know, like, keeps everything legit. 
and like the building aspect, it's also comes in a lot from the groomers too. And like our groomers are like, fuck, we're pretty spoiled for choice with yeah. the groomers that we've got now and that we've had over the years. Because mm. um, like the building side of it is obviously like the foundation comes from them with yeah. like, you know, like building like rail pads, <laughs> obviously like the jumps too. But yeah, like if you, if you don't have groomers who know really what they're doing, it's so, it'll, it'll be really hard to sort of, you know, make park features real legit. But mm. So your groomer drivers, they used to be in the park crew, right? No, um, Oscar was. Oscar, yeah, yeah, Oscar was part crew for I think maybe two seasons, yeah. and then he went into grooming quite a few years ago. And I don't actually know because Shaw and Doug, and uh, well, obviously from from overseas, mm. and I don't know if they started out on hand crew or not. That's mm. a, a very good question. I'll have to, <laughs> have to ask them sometime. Yeah, but yeah, no, like our, our whole grooming crew is so legit, and we've got like Humpty too, killing it, and. Um, Ethan, who's like the boss of grooming, he yep. he did like a seasonal tour of Grooming Park. He but he's been grooming for a long time, yeah. Um, and he built parks with Shaw over in Canada, right? So like everyone who's like been a groomer, like all the park groomers we have are just like whoever we build with or anything is super easy because they're like they know exactly what they're doing. Mm. They put like I guess when it comes to things like building rails properly or like putting rails properly in, like you know like the the pad work is always just on point so everything just seems to you know turn out fucking legit <laughs> mm. and does it sounds like you've got a lot of international um experience with this crew like matt goes and does his yeah matt's been like thing yeah he was in sweden and then finland i think he's still mm. been in finland now for like for years um oski was in he's been going to sweden for quite a while mm. and obviously shaw's been in canada um, and then also China. Yeah. Doug has just been all around America, and I'm not sure where else he's been. He's been to a lot of fucking places. And Ali's a pretty mean player. Yeah, too. yeah, fuck like, yeah. I think <laughs> he's good doing the Olympic that. one as well. Yeah, he did the last one, I think, too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, but yeah, he's he's back now building the pipe. That it's almost done, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> but that was, a, that was a big push, too, that was about to be ready before lockdown and then got put on the back burner, too. So with the designing aspect... Um, <clears throat> How does it all work? You like you all just got ideas, and the ones that work the best, or is pretty much like the thing with our park that we do hear like every now and then is people say like, oh, like it's quite like repetitive every year. But obviously, because it's dirt works, yeah, which is like it's dirt works are good and bad for New Zealand. It's really good because we don't get a lot of snow. Mm. Like a, we don't get anywhere near that North American parks and so get. Yeah, so we need earthworks to be able to build a park like early because yeah. if we had more earthworks we wouldn't have a park till fucking august and yeah. then you know it wouldn't last that long so but but having earthworks means that you're creatively you're limited because yeah. you have pads that are built certain ways you can only really put like you know down rails on like certain pads so it just means that we end up having the best rails that we have on those pads but it ends up being, I guess, quite repetitive because we can't really put anything else there. Like that, like yeah. other features won't really work there. But that just means that we get our park up like as soon as possible, and it's mm. usually like, it kind of gets like sort of more and more efficient every year. Yeah, and that just kind of works best. And like with like the jumps too, you know, like the jumps over summer got completely re-earthworked, which is like probably one of the only parks in the world that has that. Yeah, because um, I guess overseas they don't really need it because they've got so much snow to work with but yeah. for us yeah like we had you know a pretty a pretty decent snowfall 
um, in July and, and we can build our first two big bucks jumps that are like, you know, 30, 40 feet off not a lot of snow because yeah. the earthworks are just perfect. Like, oh, sweet. Pretty, pretty awesome. So the say compromise then of like earthworks can cancel out that maybe they created two yeah, on, on like the rail but. yeah like on like the rail side mm. um i think no like i think uh, it was earthworked at snow park too right the triple line definitely was mm. and i like, you wouldn't be able to throw a cement mixer tub in there or anything <laughs> like that i don't know but yeah like it's it's yeah like like a, like a double-edged sword but mm. for for a new zealand park it's it's just key like you just we just wouldn't have a park early and it wouldn't be that great to just because like it would take so much snow and like we we take we take a lot of snow as it is yeah even with good earthworks just to like to build the park because it's quite extensive and um a lot of features go in so and does everyone sort of have the same amount of say in what goes in there or is it more based on seniority of how long you've been um it's well the thing too with that is like everyone's got ideas that they like want to put in the park and it depends on the amount of snow we have which is a big one mm. pre-season parks usually pretty stock because we don't have enough snow to build cool yeah. crazy shit and um like like before i was saying how only certain things work in certain places mm. so you might have like a, like a cool idea for a certain feature that will only work in a certain area but there might already be something there that we've just put in recently so like yeah. everyone everyone has like a big say like when we plan the whole park out but it comes down to like everyone putting in ideas and then what idea is actually going to work if it's going to work if we have enough snow um if like the rails free if it's not being used for like a contest or for like mm. whatever but yeah like and then the big builds like winter games all that kind of shit originally i think they would mainly come from like heath and that heath and kevin right. and that um would kind of plan it out and then but then over the years it became like i guess we were just all morphed just put in whatever we wanted or so like just put in like ideas with those big events do the events themselves give you an idea like like we want this nah, this like you'd, we get asked that a lot but people thought that like that that you what? would think that they would say okay we just want like we want this but over the years with the winter games especially in that we've just built whatever we wanted um, or like we we like put in a design and then from that point i don't know if they would say like oh we want you to change this or that but we would just well, re- like put them if we wanted the reason why i'm asking is i remember one year there was a, like a a mini wall ride a, a wall ride feature that had a mini car in it and shit yeah the audi car and that was oh, it was an audi or something yeah the audi yeah it was, spon- it was a hundred hundred thousand dollar audi and so that's why i was asking like do they come yeah so like so to come from the sponsor of the yeah event, so like right? with with that specific feature they paid for that wall ride to get built it was part of the sponsorship so right. obviously like that's the only feature really that you're going to have put a car inside yeah so like with certain ones they'll say like okay we we want you to like maybe build us a feature that's obviously fully branded for them or like obviously Mm. for that car it was just it was a wall ride and um that will obviously be in the course but for like for for the most part of it it's mainly just you know whatever we just feel like putting in or Mm. and then obviously i i think they'd always like approve it yeah but yeah so it was so what's next the, bag what's the gnarliest thing that you sort of put in we like fuck should we actually be putting this in this is kind of hectic uh we did the death gap a couple of years ago it was kind of sick like on the first um, jump zero like the high speed pad we put like a two cannons a cannon box and a cannon rail oh yeah and then that's got it got an excavator and it just cut out a death channel below it like it's a dead square Fucking so if hell. you fucked it up you would just 
literally fall into like a concrete wall. You're done. <laughs> yeah, and one one girl did. Really? But she was lucky because it snowed a bunch, yeah. and it was snow in the bottom of it, and she, I think she got a bit fucked up, but she smacked into the wall and then fell into the pit. But it was like, but it was like a soft landing, so it was were, okay. But were they the cannons that were almost shooting people that almost felt like they were going to hit the fucking chair? Yeah. 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 <laughs> our our OG cannon rail is fucking gigantic, and yeah. because that part of the course goes under the chair it gets so close we, we had a lot of problems with that fucking chair mm. building comp courses but they changed the earthworks over summer of the whole run right so it it's like way better now and not so much of a problem but that was pretty sketchy i'm trying to think of what else um yeah that one that one comes to mind we've, we've done heaps of like over the top closeouts with like closeouts oh, yeah. everywhere on like a big plaza kind of style yeah and like some people have just gotten really fucked up on those. So has there been any ideas or designs that just haven't made it that were like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, heaps. Like, can you give us sort of like your <laughs> oh, favourite one then? Ones that we haven't really, they never really, I guess, get past the drawing board if right. they're that crazy because yeah. obviously like functionality <clears throat> is pretty important because you don't want to build a course that people can't ride or that like or a course that it's hard to ride because mm. you want people to do actual good tricks. Yeah. Yeah, like we've, we had ones with like the Mons wall was was real sick with like the ledge on it, yeah, and like the rail coming off it. That was a pretty cool one, but I can't think of too many that deemed like too crazy yeah, or just because yeah. if if they're too crazy, it's not really it wouldn't really even get like drawn up. Yeah, but no, yeah. it's nice to have that sort of filter through and uh, settle down. Like, yeah, exactly. Or just like that that just like it's a it's a cool idea, but. Mm like for a contest too it might not work and like and like you can tell when you put a feature in um and it's not that great or not like that great but like no one hits it in the contest yeah and then you're kind of like okay well then maybe that sort of feature are we are we, we had that massive spool one year the spool uh, yeah it's this gigantic kind of like i don't know what it was for like an electric drum kind of spool oh yeah it's massive and that was kind of like a tap um on the high speed pad right yeah and like that that was and like we had that massive buoy too you know that the massive oh, pole with the big fucking that's orange right yeah and like it's a it looks sick but it just didn't work super well yeah and things like that it's like, like it isn't, isn't bad like people will still hit it hmm. but you can tell when like 80 percent of the people hit one feature out of two you know yeah. that that probably just didn't work that well but like you still always want to be trying new stuff yeah and just so you don't have the same fucking stock shit every year and so testing new features like how daunting is that obviously you guys are experienced oh, in riding park a lot it depends like really what you're testing because yeah. a lot of things we used to do it at like night time i remember there was one time when me and heath put in the og cannon yeah and like me and him were testing it at like 10 o'clock at night with like a slip with, with like a sled light and like a cat light and the landing and like oh yeah sweet like that works but um yeah, it was definitely a little bit. We probably would do that now. We kind of just sort of build it now. Okay, like it looks sweet. We'll, we'll yeah. test it in the morning. But it's more like the jumps. Like most rails, like you just, like you're pretty sure that it's going to work because it's just, uh, you know, it, even if it's like kind of gnarly. But we, we had like that like big rain motor down that we put in this year at the very top in the Battle of the Bubble build that um, um, Oscar and myself built over summer. Mm-hmm. And the top of it was, fuck, maybe like, two and a half or three meters off the ground and building the takeoff you're trying to like just see if it was going to work perfectly remember like me and Shaw were looking at it when we're doing it that night 
and just kind of like fuck this yeah like that looks like it's sweet like it should be fine but you never really know but because i've got to test it in the, in the fucking next day mm. and it usually always works out mm. yeah like cool. and like jumps is probably like the biggest like the more sketchy side of testing stuff especially the big ones is there the a big point, yeah. point where you can just be like fuck this not doing it oh yeah um, um but i will always do because like i mean like with with like testing jumps especially at Cadrona, i've done it for so many years that you just know and like when the big thing too is when you if it's being built by like it's always usually built by shaw or doug or like oski hamish and like when it's being built by them you know it's going to be good and you can for the most part you can always just look from the side and you can tell like you can tell if, if there's going to be something so it's a lot of science that goes into the jump building to get someone oh, shit, yeah. into the landing yeah. yeah like i don't know i've i've watched i've watched like shaw and tom and like doug and oski build jumps in person like as in like but in, in the cat mm. and um yeah it's it's a very specific art to it i, I don't know how they do it like mm what their like references are to everything but they just it always comes out perfect like we've never really like i can't remember testing jumps that cardi's and been like oh that was like fucked it's it's, it's always been like sick or like oh like one little tweak here and there mm. and then it's meant but like the bigger is like the more of the scarier one i guess yeah because you have you have you had to be the test guy for the big yeah i have yeah and i yeah like the last four years um i have right and, and like because even with a jump that's that big yeah even if it's built perfectly it, it's still at like a 90 foot jump so like no matter what like it, it can be perfect but you can still do something wrong yeah because it's your first time hitting it and that's because i just remember even just building jumps in the back country with my friends that were like way smaller than that and you're still it's like still freaking out on like it's still scary where you drop from <laughs> yeah so what's it like when you no one's dropped the big ear you're at the top of the run and you're like fuck do i just point it or what the fuck oh it's do do it's or? it was more just like the the years i guess of experience of hitting it before yeah and kind of knowing because like over the years it did get smaller yeah. and which obviously means you can like take less speed but the one year i first guinea pigged it was 2018 i want to yeah. say and i hadn't I, I had it the year before but you kind of just sort of have to know where to drop from i have this really random spot that i like look at over towards like remarks or some shit mm. that i know like um like we're about to go from with how big it is because like once it gets built me and like Shaw will build it and then he'll measure it mm. but i'll always measure it myself too just to be sure and he'll just tell me the exit angle and then that's pretty much it and then i'll just kind of like okay it's I, I i've kind of got like a funny spot that i can line up with that's in, in the fucking distance right so I if know, you see that spot you're good sort of or like like a, it's it's like like a focal point of right. like i like i'll like line up with it and i know that i'll you know hopefully fucking clear the jump but i've you know i've guinea picked it through i think three times and it's mm. been sweet every time sweet but like the first time that i went fucking like way deep <laughs> like yeah. super fucking deep so yeah. is that one of those things like fuck if i just take all my speed and i know i'll get past the flat yeah well it was like you, you kind of know that if you go from this point and the conditions are like average or like just like sort of normal conditions that you're mm. gonna at least clear it and yeah. you don't want to knuckle that jump so like yeah. both times i've getting big that i've gone like deep yeah <laughs> very deep <laughs> and so what goes into the maintenance of a park uh the daily maintenance is just you know like we 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 rake the park like fucking 
two times during a day, like four times total. It's just like being consistent mm. and obviously like knowing how to do it. Like everyone in our crew knows how to rake and everything properly. And yeah, it's, it's just being consistent. That's the most important part because like, you know, people like can definitely just sort of slack off and then features start to fall apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we just, and like our end of day rake is always, is always really important so that like, you know, like the next morning it's just the same and it's mint. So yeah, like we just really don't ever not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like it's just, if you do, it's just, you're just playing catch up and then like you've got to rebuild shit. Yeah. And you but, still yeah. have characters, even though you cross features off, come and try and ride them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck all, yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. We, we like, because we, we, we used to just like, like leave them, but now we pull them off so people don't. And then people still do. Yeah. Jerry finds his way around the, <laughs> around the poles no matter, <laughs> no matter what you do. Side jumping and all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere. And um, what's uh, you got some like oh shit moments with the builds or uh, things that have sort of given you a bit of a fright or like like when we're putting a feature in yeah or it's like awkward build moments or the only I want to say awkward build moment the only bad like one that I can remember and it was it was beyond it was beyond our control was the worst part was when we had one of the um, it wasn't really a build it was when we had the Winter Games the yeah. Olympic qualifying event. And I can't remember what it was that caused it. I think it was like this constant breeze we had of like breeze that dried the snow out and it oh. ruined the snowpack on the jumps. And it was, I'm pretty sure it was the the year before the last Olympics. Right. And it was the slopestyle qualifying event. So every single pro was there, like every single one trying to um, you know qualify. And it was the qualifying day and it was like quite warm and the snowpack on the jumps fell to shit. Yeah. And literally the best riders in the world couldn't ride up the jump without because the edge would sink in like all the way in because it was like pretty much like riding sugar and death cookies. So what do you do then? Like we literally the couldn't up. do anything. It was like the most frustrating day I've probably ever had. And yeah. everyone was there. Like like we, we were all obviously working and we would rake the jump between each hit just to try and like patch it up but you couldn't do anything you couldn't like pull the snow off you couldn't like you, you could not fix it and it was like definitely i think that day definitely broke a few of us and it's <coughs> hard too you got the world's best literally the world's best riders can't so, even can't even spin backside off so a jump. the reputation's sort of hanging on it still yeah but it was like the most annoying thing was is like they were all getting frustrated which is like you know fair enough but it wasn't like anything we did like yeah. it was just the it was mother nature yeah <laughs> that just fucked up the snowpack so like we couldn't do anything about it and then that night obviously that they still had the qualification they got through everyone but there were so many like it was like a sketchy contest to watch like everyone was just dying like starlay did like a tried to carve backside and, like hooked his heels and did like a i think it was like an accidental back roadie seven and then landed and rode away <laughs> holy shit but everyone was just like hating on it and then that night I we everyone's a bit tense with the olympic year as well oh yeah it, it was like you know like a super important event yeah. and then we that afternoon we started the end of day rake at like three thirty as as normal and we had to try fix the jumps and we finished at 11 o'clock at night like we worked all the way through like no mm. dinner just we just had to pretty much reset the snow without cats with no machine so we had to like yeah. reset the top layer of all the triple line jumps by hand we had like 
just me and James were going nonstop on sleds, getting gallons of like full dr- drums of water, just pouring snow on the jumps. We had um, one of the snow the snow guns on racecourse. We had the fucking like a fireman's hose, like like the snow making hose, going across racecourse, spraying the jumps with so water. So was this just to freeze it all up? Just to try and like reset the snow, just back to fucking normal because mm. it was so dry, and we had like propane fucking you know things like little flamethrowers just melting it and just trying to do everything and it just took hours it was like it's probably the hardest i've ever worked in my life Mm. (laughs) in one shift and yeah we finished at like 11 o'clock and then the next day we had the finals and it was just fine like it worked so like and then like the finals was like perfect but everyone else who didn't qualify was real dark because obviously they had a shit day and they just didn't obviously they didn't really get it like like what was happening because mm. even even me i was like i've never seen this before ever yeah. like this is so annoying and so was there a bit of a media or not media no nah, not of a not really a, a couple of pros like winch on their like vlogs and shit but oh, like yeah. it wasn't well like it wasn't really a big deal because the event ended up be, like going well in the final mm. but um yeah that was the one day i think that like broke definitely broke me and broke a few of the boys i remember i can't remember who it was maybe darcy sharp or one of the pros was like yelling off the chair or something he's like pull the snow off the takeoff or something and i just turned around and i was like shut the hell up yeah just like full snapped <laughs> and i was like oh god yeah i'm in trouble for that but but yeah that was like the one time that um, we definitely got like a bit broken from something that we couldn't control yeah and it's hard when you got some character trying to tell you how to do your job as well or just like it like because no one really knew what was happening yeah and they were just like this is just shit but yeah. that was like the only moment that i can think that was like where we were just you know just kind of fucked mm, yeah. <laughs> but then we obviously like we like sorted it out but it yeah. was just a it was a learning experience that one yeah damn <laughs> Um, something else we've got to sort of touch on while we're talking about Cadrona and the park crew is the um, park battle with the New Zealand snowboarding yeah. Instagram park battle. Yeah. And JJ and I have a theory on uh, how come you guys have never won. Oh, God. But... <laughs> it's the front three. <laughs> yeah. Like... Oh, no, those, yeah, those, those battles are sick. It's like the Cadrona remarks, Turoa and Mount Hutt. Yeah, and it's just it's, it's run by the New Zealand snowboarding Instagram page, and it's just like a creative battle, um, just to like make like the cause edit you can make or like creative wise, and uh, I think it's been going for a few years now. Mm. But it was yeah, it's it's a, it's a pretty fun contest for for the first couple of years. We had like a bit of a tough time trying to get enough time to do it, yeah, because it, it would it would usually get run during peak winter, which is when we're just like fucking slammed, yeah. Um, but like the last year that they I did it, it was like sponsored by GoPro and stuff, and they had like different different comps in it. There was like a line comp, and um, mm. no, but it's 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 an awesome idea for a contest. It's sick, yeah. and just kind of like just to you know get a bit of like banter going between the parks and stuff. So and just like some to to bring all the parks together. Yeah, because like yeah. obviously like they're they're all spread around New Zealand, so sort of, of fun. It sort of put the other crews a bit more <coughs> a bit more on the map as well. Yeah, um, it's um. Yeah, like the tour I dudes fucking killed it the last year it was, and then I think Mount Hutt won it the first year. Yeah. They had they had the best edit they it was like oh, it was so they got good. in trouble for it too. It was like they just like side wheeling sleds and shit and oh, doing man. all that loose stuff and I don't think they got in trouble with their I heard um, they had to the change resort. their Instagram to another name or something. Yeah. They mm. um Yeah, and they got in a bit of trouble, but they definitely won. Yeah. <laughs> by oh, far, I was, dude. I was, 
I loved that edit though. I, mean, oh, I remember it, it started out and the guy was the guy like threw two claw hammers. Yeah, I was like, I remember seeing that. Be like, oh shit, we're yeah. in for a fucking good one. <laughs> yeah, no, that edit was fucking sick. And then the one when two row won, I think it was last year or the year, mm. no, sorry, year before. Cause I think there wasn't one last year, but yeah, they they killed it on that one with like all like their night stuff and everything. They got super creative. Mm. So shout out to those boys. That was sick. Well, hopefully, we'll see a resurgence of that next year again. Yeah. It, it might be on this year. I'm not sure. I think they were trying to suss it out, but um, if but if not, I think it'll definitely be back next year. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, something I've missed, or something to go back to, was um, obviously we talked about sponsorship and uh, Capita and Rad are throwing gear at you now. Like, how did Capita come about? Uh, Capita came about when what was it? I went to Australia for a season in. 2016 yep just I, I just wanted to do like one season with all those Aussie boys because they're like fucking legends and um, just wanted to have like I guess one year of just doing something different from like Kadrona yeah. and um, I ended up because I remember I was writing for obviously Battalion and Switchback mm. and the Switchback bindings kind of had a couple of kind of sketchy years I guess when, or not less sketchy but they had a couple of problems with some of the bindings and I was kind of just like really over it and mm. one of my like um, best mates in Aussie Nick he ended up giving me a pair of unions just to kind of like test out or I'd, I'd just like to ride and I was like yeah sick and after that I was like I just, I'm just i just going to ride these now because they're real good and then I ended up uh, getting on union that year in Australia because like, I'd, I'd met like the Rep Linton and um, I was um, talking to him about it for a while and then we ended up doing that and then, what was it? The end of 2017, uh, the whole thing with, with our battalion was just kind of like, kind of like came to an end or kind of always just sort of ran its course, I guess. Mm. And then I was just like, kind of wanted to do something different. And I think it was Lil C, like Carol, um, was giving me shit one time at the trade show because she's like, why don't you fucking ride for Capital or like, you know, because you ride for Union and it kind of makes sense. Mm. And then um, usually, like, yeah, and you Focus. may as well like ride for like Cheapskates too, because like Cheapskates kind of was like my local shop, but I wasn't riding for them at the time. I was yeah. just riding for our uh, Border Town, which is like sick too. Those guys are awesome. But um, yeah, and then after that season, I kind of just sort of like caught up telling and kind of just like said, oh, I'm kind of done or whatever. Like, I'm just going to do like, do my own thing. And then I think ended up like chatting to Capita like straight away. I think I think Carol like gave like Linton shit too at the same time. And then we kind of just talked, and then it just kind of happened. Mm. And um, yeah, it was good. I've been with Capita ever since. Right. So I think um, there was this pretty rad moment with Capita in this country where it was like you, Mahi Mains, JJ, JJ, yeah, and Tim Herbert, yeah. And I was yeah. like, wow, well, that's a pretty fucking good squad that can handle everything. Yeah, that was that was a couple like, a couple of years ago because mm. I think it was like JJ got on it first, and then me and Tim and. I think Mahi was at the same time, but mm. it was for like maybe like a year or two, um, and we were all on the same team. That was sick. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that was that was good times. All time squad. Yeah. But, and who who's uh, your teammates with Capital now and stuff? There's not that many at the moment. I think yeah. it's just there's um, my friend Georgia in Australia, um, Georgia Austin and Troy Starrick. Right. There's there's not too many Kiwis at the moment. Yeah. The team's definitely gotten smaller over the last few mm. years. But um, yeah, no, it's just 
been with them for quite a while and I like, yeah they're, they're boards so it's like and just like yeah. the graphics i always hate to be the one to say that i just like really like the graphics too yeah. but <laughs> but they've got like they've, they've had a really sick mm. run of awesome so what's artwork the, what's the board you're riding with those guys at the moment i got a 161 mercury oh, nice. which i haven't ridden as much as i should have um <laughs> more for free riding and jumps and then i got like a doa 160 Oh, yeah. Um, but I think next year I'll probably ride something a bit stiffer because I'm just, you know, I think after lockdown I'm getting a bit heavy. It's <laughs> <laughs> something with a bit more not, not going to the Black Snowwater death just yet. No, no, not yet. I think like the Mercury is my, my favourite one for like, it, for, like, for like everything for free ride. Because I, I don't free ride that much, mm. as much as I would like to, but I always save my free riding for overseas. Yeah. But obviously that's not a thing right now. So <laughs> unfortunately it's, just main, it's mainly park riding as, for as long as the knees can allow it mm. so who else is backing you um bit of a shout out list i guess for all the people i've had support from currently and over the years but um linton naylor and dave warsey from capita and union from anon uh jay smith kaylee paul colby xander shane carter um big shout out to jeremy burns from red gloves i've been riding with for i think probably almost 10 years or eight or nine years um from o'neill uh gareth ballard and from capital adam strawbridge and also for cheapskates and johnny grady and from back in the day matt taylor and simon robinson from battalion and from border town dan mclean and tim guy yeah big shout out to the sam andrews and scotty from dc scotty clark um who wasn't there anymore but they were just sort of Help me out with a bit of outerwear here and there. Japan. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. good. I miss Japan so much. <laughs> it's like yeah. probably my favourite place to ride out of anywhere. That's my... I mean, I, I just want to go back for the convenience stores. Yeah. I want to go back for the chicken. Yeah. The fucking onsens. Everything. Mm. And, yeah. uh, and like the fucking vodka peach drinks and that you get out of vending machines and shit. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, the fucking canned corn out of the vending machine too. And the powder too. On the powder. <laughs> so when were you in Japan? I went to Japan my first time. It was it was one of the years after I broke my leg because I was kind of over going to Colorado just because then just riding park. I was like, oh, well, I want to go to Japan. And I can't really remember why I decided to go there, but I was in Australia and I had some friends who... Um, were kind of like set up over there. My, my friend Scott, who I was riding with way back in the day, he um, had been there the year before, and he's like, "Oh, just like you know, like, like chat to these dudes and see if they can just like you know like give you a place to stay or something." And my friend Snowy, who's a legend, um, he kind of says, "Oh, just like come over here and you can maybe like crash in this lodge and like meet the dudes and just you know like kind of just sort of work for free accommodation." And the dudes over there, there was Hayden, Sam and tom who like kind of ran the whole thing and they were like guides too so i I ended up just being able to like live on the floor for a little while which i was more than more than grateful for and um i'd like live in the lodge like under the lodge and we would i'd do like snow clearing and like put out breakfast and shit for guests and do like the occasional like tail guiding um here and there just to kind of like i guess you know pay for like free rent Mm. and yeah, I, I did that for two seasons, or like for like you know maybe six to eight weeks per season um, in the Seco, and it was yeah it was so much fun. That was like some of the most fun that I've had like boarding over there because they were all tour guides, so they knew exactly where to go, and yeah. they like 
like show me like all the best places on like you know on like shit days they'd be like oh you know you can still go here and it'll still be real good and like talk heaps about like backcountry and stuff and it was a lot of fun those years oh, sweet so was that where you sort of got more of a taste of free ride backcountry yeah it was it was kind of like my first proper taste really mm. and even even then like it was it was still kind of like not like mellow but it was more like the side country shit like off the road mm. stuff where you would just shoot like whatever like just find like pillows or like berries and just like kind of anything yeah um yeah and that was that was heaps of fun that was just like really fond memories of being in japan yeah so yeah big shout out to those guys for hooking me up and just yeah taking care of me kiwis in japan it's pretty hard to go past will jay yeah he's like the the fucking grand don he's like the mayor of japan yeah it comes to that no (laughs) it it was like i'd I'd like knowing will jay just sort of over the years in Mm. new zealand at like cardies and like snow park too and Oh, I can't remember. I think I just like hit him up because he was already there, and he was the first person who took me out just to like shoot photos and stuff. Because he had he had like a um, mate Simon who was a photographer. And I think when I, when I first got there, he was just like, "Oh yeah, man, just like come out and we'll just just you know fuck around like no pressure and just try and build some shit and get like get some photos and like definitely figured out after quite a while that it's fucking hard to like <laughs> get good photos in the backcountry." And you just watch Will J just, you know, start having a feature, and just, he just starts ticking off tricks, and you're like, I can't even do a fucking straight air. <laughs> like, so how's it um, for our listeners that sort of haven't done this, this sort of thing before? Like, how is it so hard to get a shot in the backcountry? Well, I think I think people think, and I definitely did, because I mainly ride park, and that's mm-hmm. what I enjoy the most, because it was what I was like, I guess, like the best at was. You think that, like, oh, I can do this trick on a park jump. Like, oh, I'll be able to do it in the backcountry and I'll be able to get, like, a, you know, like, it'll be just as easy as the park and, you know, and it'll be sweet getting, a, like, a photo. won't be that hard. And you learn very quickly that it's very, very hard to, like, I don't know, just land, especially in Japan when it's, like, waist-deep powder. Yeah. You think it's really fun and, and, like, it's just, oh, it's just, you know, deep powder. But, like, doing tricks that you do in the park and like off you know like a jump that you build in, in the backcountry is definitely not as easy like mm. i guess two places the backcountry would have like a like a bit of a firmer pack but mm. japan is just like a lot like a lot of days that we were there it was just so deep mm. and definitely tricky to just even do like the basic tricks on and to like you know make them look good for a photo and then land them obviously and yeah. yeah like will j was i was really stoked to like sort of learn from him and just you know watch him do what he does because he's so fucking consistent and good mm-hmm. and can just like tick off shit and you're trying to like just do a straight air with like a method or something and he's already done like <laughs> two or three tricks and just killing it yeah man i mean i remember just following him around and uh he'd pop off things and you're like oh cool i'm gonna fucking get some too and uh you know, yeah. he'd, he'd pop off these things and get, like, your shoulder high easy just off this hump. Yeah. And you're like, oh, cool. And then you follow up and you fucking don't even... You got, like, knee high. Like, not even. <laughs> like, good fucking luck. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, he, he, he was awesome. He was, like, real... He was just real good, like, just show me around, like, taught me heaps of shit. Mm. And just, like, made for, like, real fun times. Like, just learning how to, you know, do everything and, and like, just, it just being a really good time, the, mm. the whole experience, so... Yeah, big shout out to Will J. Is there some features or anything that really stand out on that trip? That's like um, over the years, the my favorite one was 
we built it's this jump it's kind of like a perfect like pretty much already built jump and it's just this massive mushroom that's up in one of the passes between the Seiko and Sapporo and we hit it I don't what I think it was my last time in Japan it was me Tim Herbert uh Mike Hanford was like filming and I think it was just me and Tim riding and just this jump just goes straight up into like a nice landing with it's like waist deep and yeah me and Tim had like a real fun session on it I think it was my first ever double backy on it because it was like I remember I was I think me and Tim both did like a front seven or something mm. and I was at the top and I was like what should I do and I was like there's literally no excuse to not do a double backflip like there's literally none like the jump's perfect the snow and the landing was like you know like waist deep at the lowest and mm. I was like fuck I've just got to do it and but like that that was a real fun session and we had like like perfect conditions too and yeah. we like got it all on camera and stuff too so it was, it was fun as a sponsored rider stuff um guessing you've had a brush in with the odd injury here or there, where we talked about one earlier with yeah. um, the tramps and stuff is there any other ones that sort of spring out or oh my broken legs probably by far the worst oh yeah that was my only real oh i had like my ankle but that wasn't riding that was obviously just drunk on a trampoline um and yeah as far as snowboarding i've had like just you know countless minor injuries mm. like just cooked knees and ankles and um oh I'd, i had dislocated my shoulder in canada once and no, sorry i dislocated both my shoulders actually but yeah the the broken leg was the one that's, that stands out the most as being like just that it was fucking horrific right how'd it go down <laughs> oh it was it was when tom built the big air like the biggest it's ever been it was so fucking massive yeah yeah at arcadrona and it was 2014 Mm. and we it was like the week before we closed it was real late and it got built and we had a session on it that day it was like um quite late and i think i hit it like four or five times and it was like sweet as because it was good conditions and it was so scary it was such a big jump and i think it was still kind of step downy not as much as it is now but like back then it was just a beast and then the next morning, Tommy Pyatt was like, oh, like we're doing like a sunrise photo shoot. Like, do you want to come up? And I'm like, yeah, sweet. Like, fuck, all good. And it was springtime. So I thought in the morning it would be bulletproof, like mm. real icy and real fast. So I was like, oh, I won't wax my board. It'd be sweet. Uh-huh. And and that morning there was just like this really weird frost on the snow. Like it froze weird. So yeah. it wasn't fast. It was kind of slow. And there was like James Woods, the like pro skier, and a bunch of other skiers were there and they were like he's like you know like a full-on x games gold medalist and he was like kind of just clearing it so i was like oh fuck i'm just gonna like chill for a bit and i'll just kind of like watch and then after maybe like quarter of an hour like the sunrise was like peaking and the speed was getting better and i was like oh fuck should i just do it and i was like yeah no I'll, I'll do it fuck it like what's gonna happen like that was like i think i said that in my head i was like what's the worst that's gonna happen oh. and i like dropped in went to hit it and at the flat bottom just before the takeoff it was like a bit icy and i went to sort of change edge to, to do a back three and i kind of hit a bit of ice and lost my balance a bit and kind of broke at the waist a bit oh. and and like couldn't pull out and i went up the takeoff and knew that i was just like fucked there's like no no pulling out of it and just did a back three and went a little bit off axis and i remember just coming around and just seeing like the knuckle 
probably came up like 10 feet short of the knuckle. Oh, it's so bad. And like, I remember just all I remember is like bouncing off the knuckle, and then I slid down to the bottom of the landing and I ripped off my board and my helmet straight away. Mm. And I rolled onto my side and yeah. like, like, just, just didn't even think, I just did it. And then I looked down at my leg and just saw like the bone like sticking not like out of the pants or like out of my leg but i could see my bone pushing against my pants and my fucking sable pants and um yeah i just looked at it and i didn't feel anything and then i touched the bone with my finger and then all the adrenaline wore off and just started screaming like as loud as i could yeah it was fucking it was like it was horrific like i was just i remember looking at the lifty um and just like i was just yeah like full screaming and there was a patroller who was already there luckily because right right before i dropped in taylor seaton dropped in the scare and he dropped in from like way too low and he knuckled it real bad but he just bruised his heels and the patroller was going down to see if he was okay and i dropped in after he did and then he saw taylor seaton and then went past and then saw me and he just looked at me he just goes i'm getting painkillers and just ripped off on the sled and then i i think i passed out from the pain it was the first time that's like ever ever happened um and then yeah I, I remember just like coming to and then just had like the nos and shit and then they took me into the med center this is all like before the hill opened at like 7 45 8 o'clock and I, I remember talking to ben bland recently about it randomly and he was saying that like by chance there happened to be one of the doctors was staying up in the apartments mm. and they called him like get over here straight away like it's all hands on deck and yeah um yeah they had to like straighten my leg and shit and they gave me like i think they gave me like the max amount of painkillers i can give someone in one dose and i was so, they gave me like kit i got so fucked yeah like, yeah, like there's been there's a lot of times <laughs> that i've not been sober in my life and that was by far the trippiest because yeah. they gave me like so much ketamine so much of everything and i was like in and out just just tripping balls having a bad old time <laughs> so what part of what bone in the leg did you break i somehow didn't break my fibula but i broke i broke my tibia and it broke like the neck off maybe like the top quarter of it broke off and that part that broke off broken half long ways and one half of that shattered so like it it was pretty and then the part that shattered part of it was was pushing out of the skin or like it didn't break out of the skin but it Mm. was like if i just touched it with my fingers it would pierce through the skin so like it was just fucked and then Mm. um yeah so then i had to get a obviously got helicoptered to dunedin and i remember like landing this was a stitch up well i I don't know why, why it happened this way but when i got out of the helicopter into the stretcher they said that i had to do it myself because the nurses couldn't reach across into that helicopter and lift my leg so i had to lift my own broken leg with my own arms from like the helicopter bed to my stretcher and it was it was so bad i moved it like a like an inch and i just screamed and the nurse is like you just gotta do it just move it yourself so i did literally like grab my leg and just move it and it was just it was so horrific and it was painful as fuck oh it was the worst pain because by then the painkillers wore off because mm. we were in over in Dunedin and yeah that was just like fucking I think I was there for like two and a half weeks and had like three surgeries then 
So I had two. I had I had the first surgery that was like five and a half hours for, of them just to repair the bone. And the GC doctor, who I never got to thank, he put off his leave because he didn't trust anyone to fix it properly apart from him. So he put off his leave for a week because they couldn't operate for a week because it was so swollen. They had to wait. So he put his leave off and then he fixed it and then just left <laughs> we went on holiday. So you were just lying there broken while it's all swollen and shit then? Yeah, I was there for, for two weeks. I was on yeah. my back. for like I couldn't move for two weeks. I didn't shit for 10 days. Fucking hell. <laughs> they gave me so much codeine and shit. It was so random. So was that on purpose to like constipate you for that? Oh, like uh, just, just the painkillers. But yeah, and then... I had the surgery and it was still so swollen that it wouldn't close one side wouldn't close so i had another surgery two days later and got a skin graft that i've still got now yeah that's pretty pretty yuck and then i finally got home like a week later and then one of the whole scars got infected like down to the bone in the plate like straight away it was pretty pretty fucked up like a lot of of the nurses were like, oh, this is really bad, but I never got any side effects. It was yeah. kind of random. They thought, you think you have like a fever and you'll be all sick, but it was like, my whole leg was like wet and red and just looked fucking horrific. And what was it after that? Yeah. And then I had to take antibiotics for like two years. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Just, fuck. yeah, like at, at the start so I what, had. Do you know what caused that infection? No, nah, it was just, I think it's the fact that it was just like an open wound. Right. And then the scar itself got infected. And then within like a day, the infection went down to the plate and the bone. So they were freaking out about that. So they had right. to have another surgery. They had to like cut open the scar, clean all this shit out, close it again. I think it took like 20 minutes. Okay, and so then, you were bouncing back and forth from here to Dunedin a bunch there. Oh, no. So I'd, I'd, I'd fly back to Wellington. Oh, right. And then like after a week of being there, I, I went for like a. I'd go for a checkup every week. Mm. And then they. um. After that, they were just like, yeah, it's infected and it was fucked. And then, um, yeah, they had to put like a pick line in. Because the infection was so bad, it's it's like a, um, it goes into your vein in your arm. And it's this tube that goes in the big vein up around your shoulder and it sits next to your heart. Because that's yeah. how your body absorbs, I guess, the um, antibiotics the fastest. And I had like a bum bag with like a antibiotic balloon that would depreciate over over like a day so like a nurse would come to my house every day and just change the bottle Holy so shit. i had that for like two weeks i do like a bum bag and just this line going in my arm and then yeah and then after a while like i, I just was just taking pills but yeah i had i took like antibiotics for like yeah two years because they couldn't they wouldn't let me not take antibiotics until the plates got taken out because they said there was no way to tell if it was infected if the plates went in there, Fuck. and it was um yeah it was it was, it was like a long process. And you wheelchair bound for a long time? No, it wasn't that bad, man. Like I was at home for eight. I was walking after six weeks, I think, which was I was like in bed for six weeks, and I was like you know taking first steps and like easing into it. Mm. And then I would, I think after eight weeks, I was walking like you know maybe like one crutch, and then. Maybe nine or ten weeks I was walking normally. Like, not, not right. fucking normally, but I was walking without crutches. But I had, I had like, a, a pretty gnarly rehab for it. Yeah. Because I was there, f I was, uh, what was it? I think it was for three months. I, I had, like, a really good physio, which was awesome. And I'd go to acupuncture, too, like, twice a week. And I would go to the gym, like, 
think it was three three hours a day, Monday to Friday, every single time, and then acupuncture twice a week and the physio twice a week for like five months. And oh, I just right. went every single time and then just like rehabbed it like crazy, which I like kind of enjoyed it to be honest. It was like it was it was a shit situation, but it was just like it just came down to like a bad decision of mm. just like oh I just, I just want to get this photo like this this cool sunrise photo yeah when the conditions and even the jump were like out of my league but i was yeah. like oh, i'll just do it i'll just do it and then um yeah it was just like a but like once it happened it was just like fuck what can you do about it just gotta mm. be positive and then i, I kind of like enjoyed the road back because it was sick it was like just gotta try and you know rehab properly build everything back up or i won't be able to snowboard again like the mm. way that i would before so you know like that that next season heath was like yeah i thought for a second that that could have been it like mm. you, you wouldn't be able to snowboard again properly but yeah i think by because i d- did that that rehab for yeah like five months and then by the next season i was i think i hit it was 10 months after the injury i was hitting the the full triple line right and like in springtime and it was like sweet but yeah like but i still had to wait to get the plates out that yeah. was just the cunt and then i remember after that i went to get the plates out and he's i was like oh can i wait like six more months because i want to go to japan and go riding and the guy's like oh yeah it's pro- probably a good call we'll wait yeah. six more months and then i came back and i went to go to aussie for the season and he's like oh your surgery's not booked in like you have to like wait for a few months i was like okay fuck it i'll just we'll book it in now for after winter yeah so i had to wait two years and then I got all the plates and the screws out. And it was like, yeah, it was like 18 screws and two plates. And like the screws were like bent and like fucking just, they Jesus. were fucked. Yeah, like the guy, the doctor said he's like, that was a fucking mission pulling all the shit out of your leg because it was so fucked. Jesus. But yeah, then after that, it was just, it's been sweet. <laughs> like to a degree, it still hurts. Yeah. And like the whole part of my leg's dead still. The whole middle patch of it's just because they cut both sides. Yeah. So you've got no feeling on nah, parts of your leg and nah. stuff? Like, there's the whole front part of my leg from my under my kneecap to the, like, where my shoe goes is dead. But, like, it's, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Still get to snowboard and skate, so. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, that was a long fight back on that one, but. That's fucking heavy. <laughs> I think there's a lesson in that about, you know, like, fuck. Oh, no, no photo is worth fucking, or, like, yeah. video, like, clip or anything is worth your fucking health <laughs> so i've had that same similar discussion with dudes about the back country like why well, not worth fucking getting buried for no you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the same thing it's like at the end of the day it's yeah. like fuck just doesn't matter you just live to fight another day yeah just do it the next day yeah. yeah whereas like the day before when i hit it and it was good conditions it was fine mm. like it was still scary but it was just it was just like i just wasn't that that experienced and mm. just learned the hard way yeah and after that it's like oh now i know that much more calculated now with those kind of decisions yeah and um before we forget uh conversation with maddie Steele, he told me i have to ask you about how you ended up financing your instructor season oh, back, Thank back, you, maddie. When, yeah, back when i was in my early teens uh i was a bit of a halo 2 fan and played that game a lot and ended up ended up playing it competitively for a couple of years <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, well, was actually part of the championship Halo 2 team in New Zealand for a few years. <laughs> and we <laughs> went to, a, and I think I was like 16 or 17 at the time. And I was kind of getting over it because I just was <laughs> having, uh, having no social life by the end of it. And um, 
the money that I won from a few of the gaming contests paid for my instructor training course at Ropehu. <laughs> and that was the point when I moved to moved to Ropehu and um like got got into snowboarding because yeah, that kind of paid for it. I, I probably would have found like another way to pay for it if I wanted to, but it's kind of random. That didn't know you could make that much money off gaming. It wasn't that much. It was just like it was the perfect amount. <laughs> so, shout out to Halo too. <laughs> so with um, COVID happening and uh, travel sort of being restricted a little, I noticed I've seen you on Instagram anyway back on the skateboard a whole lot. Has this been? Uh... Yeah, well, our thing with skating is. Uh, when I was like 13 or 14 was when I guess I kind of like peaked and I was like just fully into it and then I guess over the years it kind of faded out when um, I went to high school and stuff but uh, I think and then also because of my broken leg I couldn't skate because yeah. the metal in my leg was too painful with concrete so once it finally got out and finally started to heal I got back into skating and was just like kind of like loving it I think it was 2019 the last year um, with some of the park boys, me and Tim, um, homie from Germany, and um, Heldon and Ross too, were like, we would like skate quite a lot. And we had like mm. a real shit pre-season of snow. So we were just skating a ton and I kind of just got back into it again. And like 2019, 2020, I kind of just, yeah, like fully gone full circle. And it's, I like love it more than ever, pretty much. Probably more than snowboarding right now, to be honest, yeah. as funny as that sounds. Um, mm. But yeah, and then the last sort of year or two, just been skating as much as I can or as much as my knees allow it, yeah. just because it's it's difficult to clock on it to be able to skate the way you want to. And yeah, um, yeah that's kind of the thing that I enjoy the most now. And like, I guess n- not doing any more seasons overseas, it's like my biggest hobby and stuff in, in over summer. So, like, I now look forward to summer as opposed to when you would dread it when, you know, you're doing winter to winter. Yeah. So, like, I'm just kind of like, oh, like, winter's sick. I can skate, like, a little bit, but I'll be, you know, obviously I'm snowboarding, so that's, you know, the best thing. But now I'm, like, looking forward to spring and summer Mm. and not, like, just... So have you found that's uh, affected your snowboarding a bit differently to um, having summers off snowboarding and coming do you come back to it with a different perspective or? yeah like it definitely it definitely keeps the like stoke of it alive mm. and you, because when you do it back to back and you don't like have that much time off it's not really that fresh which is it's still fine but having like a whole summer off now and then obviously you're just way more excited come winter time mm. as opposed to if you've had two weeks off and you're going back to another season and you're kind of just like worn out so like it's it's, it's a good balance now mm. I love just being able to like bored all winter and then i i'm kind of over it or like kind of tired of it by spring just because my body can't keep up the way it used to anymore yeah um and then yeah i just and then it's just all skating in summer and then just starting to get excited for it again over winter so yeah and uh have you got any advice for any aspiring shredders um just enjoy it <laughs> don't <laughs> don't take it too seriously i think like a, a lot of people answer that question very similarly mm. over there like you know um but it's just if you don't actually if you if you do it for a specific reason like just trying to be a pro or competitive or whatever i don't think you'll enjoy it as much because i guess these days now it's very very hard to make it competitively mm. but if you do it just just because you enjoy it you mm. always everything will work out better and just knowing what you want to do like is a big thing 
Mm. Like if just I guess like a lot of kids come into that mindset, they're like, oh, I just want to be sponsored or you want to compete in this and that. Whereas like, I guess like for me, I kind of figured out kind of early that I just wanted to focus on the magazine like photo and just trying to get like clips, like video stuff mm. was what I enjoyed way more. So did that yeah. just work as a goal, sort of like, oh, if I could just get one photo in a magazine, that'd be rad, and then suddenly that's... Yeah, or it was more just like just like focusing on trying to just like get cool photos and just trying mm. to get... Like if they got into the mags, like, cool. If not, it didn't really matter. Mm. But just like, you know, I guess when you first started out, I was kind of like, oh, I just want to be like a pro or like mm. and like compete. And after a while, I realized that that wasn't going to happen because I just wasn't like definitely wasn't that good or like wasn't like a high spin kind of rider mm. and i just enjoyed more like just trying to make tricks like i guess like a bit more unique with like grabs and shit and yeah. and just trying to like yeah like different different grabs different ways of doing tricks mm. as opposed to just trying to do like a big spin because i couldn't do them anyway so, <laughs> but um yeah that, that kind of ties in i guess with like like yeah like trying to just get pictures for magazines or whatever and then and then after a while i got to the point too where i was just I think it was like around like 2018 I was kind of just I was, I was almost over it like just I almost kind of just stopped doing seasons yeah. um, because I think it was the first time that I realized that um, my body just couldn't keep up anymore the yeah. way like, like the way it used to when I was 28 yeah. yeah I was 28 and I remember I was I went to I was at Cardi's and my body just wasn't really feeling it and I was struggling just to keep up and I was I was, I was real over it and I went to Kendrick Lamar up in Auckland with some friends of mine from Wellington and I was like like oh how's how's winter going and I'm like oh I'm, I'm kind of over it like I might just I'm done just because my body couldn't really just it didn't it didn't really warm up mm. and then I ended up going back down to Wanaka after and then had the best season that I've ever had yeah. <laughs> randomly just but like didn't take it seriously anymore mm. and like in, in any real way like still still really enjoy trying to like you know like just get photos and like you know iphone clips or whatever mm. but yeah just is, def- that, is that more of a way of just having something to show for it then yeah, yeah yeah and just like um but i just kind of had a different mindset after that year and then i enjoy it more than ever now because mm. like i don't really go out riding or like over the season with you know any crazy goals of like oh, i've got to try and do all this and this and that so i just mm. go out and just do whatever i want to do yeah and i think i think carlos put it real well one time when me and him were just lapping like the the jump line and i was trying to think of what to do and i was like oh like what should i do on jump three and and he's like still a fucking front three man like why would you do anything else and i was like that's it (laughs) and then like that that's like my favorite mindset yeah of just like there there are certain days where i'll like try i think i kind of tried maybe like one big trick every year Mm. or like one like maybe like a double or something like on like that I'll learn on the, the airbag or some shit maybe have like one kind of big trick that I'll try and like you know like work up to mm. and then the rest of the time I'm just trying to keep the tricks that I have <laughs> which yeah. is hard enough as it is yeah. and just yeah just enjoying it and like obviously just yeah doing front threes all the time is my favorite my favorite thing mm. to do um, I was speaking of tricks I actually wanted to ask you in a um in that New Zealand snowboarding photo magazine, there's this rad picture of a hand plant on the side of a old jump takeoff. Oh, the was it the one like the photo one that just came out? Yeah, yeah. That, that was the book. that was the quarter pipe for the they have an airbag setup. Mm. So how did yeah. that come about? Was that you seeing? Tommy that? Pied again. <laughs> no, it was it was a 
um, Airbag set up built for the New Zealand team for like Nico and I think like Miguel and the, like, the Wells brothers to like train on. So there's like an mm. airbag on either side. And it's just a massive quarter pipe, like a full size quarter pipe with obviously like a straight approach, not like a half pipe one or whatever. And I was chatting to Tommy because he coaches Nico. So he's always there. And he's like, we should do a fucking like a, like a session on it in the morning, like for a sunrise. Cause we couldn't do it for the biggie cause it wasn't built. And I was like, Oh fuck, that'd be sick. And he's like, oh, like, who do you want to do it with? I was like, oh, JJ. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the go-to of, like, the hand plant master. So, yeah, it was just, like, one random morning. Just me and JJ oh, went right. up there. And I hadn't done a hand plant on, like, a full-size quarter pipe in years since I think maybe Keystone or some shit. So I had to, like, relearn it and dial it in while the sun was rising at, like, 6.30 or 7 a.m. And it was, it was like, it, was, it turned, out, turned out pretty well. But it was, it was fucking fun. And then JJ was, like, boosting, like massive ears to fucking yeah it was that was a good session yeah oh rad yeah but that was just like full full random that that just kind of worked out yeah that's my notes done have yep have you got any thank yous or shout outs definitely my parents first for just like supporting me like having my back over all the years and not like not giving me an ounce of shit to like get like a like a, I guess like a regular career or something like that mm. and just being like just do whatever you want to do like it makes you super happy and um yeah so just keep doing that and there's all I don't know I've got so many friends who I've arrived with over the years at like Cardi's Australia Japan Colorado just fucking everywhere too many people to like they, to name who I've met along the way are. yeah they know who they are and like Tom Tommy Campbell for yeah. sure um, other homie Sam Sam Kerr who unfortunately passed away in Japan big shout out to him and just the rest of the Japan crew like Hayden Tom and Snowy for sure um, of course Cardi's Park crew <laughs> and all the, all the local crew and to you for doing this podcast <laughs> and for having me on so sick oh we'll crack into our enders oh and one shout out sorry to my girlfriend Joe. hey Hey. Can't not give her a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Joe. Hi Joe. Don't want to get that. Favourite rider? Kevin Backstrom. Oh man. Hundred percent. Yeah. For sure. Like I don't know, over, over the years it kinda of, it would always change with yeah. different pros. I think like for me probably Torstein was probably like my first favourite rider. Because mm. when I was getting into snowboarding quite late was when he was coming up, so probably him first and then like yeah, it would change over the years, but I would say overall definitely Kevin Backstrom. He's got like the best style ever. And then probably yeah, sorry, it was Torstein, then it was Mikel Bang. Yeah. And then Kevin Backstrom. Favourite mountain? Um for free riding would be Rizitsu in Japan. That's the fucking the best um best like funnest resort that I've been to. Like always really good snow. Remember really, up with you and having yeah. the run of a lifetime there. Yeah, we, mm. we, we scored a really good day there. <laughs> Can't forget about that. Um, and then, oh, I guess sort of park-wise would, would be Kadrona, because mm. it's been there for so many years. Yeah. That we're just like, I just know it too well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, it's just, yeah, my favourite place to ride. Mm. Like, just on like a, like a basic like day-to-day is, is for sure Kadrona. Yeah. Uh, favourite board? Ah... Uh, Probably got to say the Super DOA. Oh, yeah? I didn't get one this year, but I should have. I only got a regular one, but the DOA and the Super DOA mm. are, like, just my favourite overall boards. Closely followed by the Mercury. Oh, sweet. And favourite video part? Oh, 
That's a tough one. Oh, you can never really... I don't know if I can pick one, eh? Can I just say all of Beyond Medals? <laughs> Beyond Medals, or like... Or I guess, like, one of my OG favourites would be... Era Italo and Follow Me Around. That was one of the ones that was, like, a full, like, you know, like a mind-blowing one. Mm. And... Oh, like Austin Sweeten too. No, sorry, Austin Sweeten. Austin Smith yep. from Nitro. Um, yep. In the People movies. Like, oh, We're yeah. People too. Though, like, his parts were so, were like, I love those ones. I've watched them so many was times. The movie Slocum showed me years ago, Down With People or something. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there was like People, We're People too, Down With People. Mm. And yeah, he had like the best parts in like so many of them. Yeah. Or Torstein Hogmo's part in I Ride Park City. It was oh, right. really good too. That was one of his first like breakout parts, I think. And there's just yeah, there's too many. I love Ruckus too. That's one of my favourite. Yeah, <laughs> Ruckus too. Yeah, yeah. yeah Carlos and fucking um, JJ and shit. Hopefully, we're going to get a Ruckus three pretty soon. I think the hopefully, just, lads, we're getting. Hopefully, to it just work works out. Fucking like filming wise, if they can do it, mm. um, go overseas in that. I'm sure they're going to try mm. the absolute best. Favorite gig. Oh, favorite gig. Probably 2008, Big Day Out, Rage Against the Machine, yeah. when they um, when they first got back together. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah. I think I was the fourth row from the very front, and it was the loosest mosh pit I've ever been in. It yeah. was it was like dangerous, <laughs> but that was yeah, that was probably like my favorite gig that I've like that I guess has the biggest impression in my mind. Mm. Yeah, I imagine that pit would have almost been a war zone. Oh, dude! Like at, right. at, at one point, I got picked up from my shoulders being like pushed together, and my feet were off the ground, and I was just like hovering. It was <laughs> <laughs> so gnarly. Favorite city? Probably Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah, we went there. I went to Norway for a season with Ross and um, Ross, Oscar, Elliot, and um, we had like a trip on the way back with some other friends some local friends um grayson and ethan and we just went on this bender on the way back home and went through copenhagen and we just had the best time it was yeah. so much fun <laughs> yeah no that was, I, would, I would say copenhagen like closely followed by others but we were there for like two or three days but it was fuck it was a good time sweet favorite track oh, what's favorite track just front three front three front three Shifty to indie. Nice, <laughs> nice. Shit, yeah. It's completely stolen from Kevin Backstrom. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the trick that all like just to front like the front three. If I if I'm having even had like a bad day or like kind of over it, I just do the two front threes, mm. and it just makes it all better. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite board graphic. Um, Jesus, been too many. I think some of the old forum ones mm. back in the day. I had a forum young blood. Oh. 152 <laughs> when i was like i think i was maybe in my early 20s but I, I, yeah, just the forum boards back in the day had real sick graphics mm. also there's yeah there's uh, board graphics there's too many to think of mm. the well, the current one for the doa is real sick with yeah. like the trippy girl with the levitating or whatever and i like that they sort of cool. kept the same theme for a couple of years but it's still different yeah yeah, it's it's definitely like a similar overall theme, and they just change colorways and stuff. But it's pretty popular. Mm. And what was what was your first board? Oh, it was a um, Sean Palmer fifty eight, fucking really? plank piece of wood. Right. I got when I was 
like a Sims or? Oh, I can't even. Oh. I think it was a Palmer brand or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I, I, I can't remember. It was, it was so long ago, one fifty eight, and it was just yeah, like it was just an absolute plank of wood. Like it was all good, mm. and I had flow bindings and size thirteen boots, and, really? I, and I'm a size ten. Oh, they haven't got stitched up by a guy at a store, but yeah, yeah. And I got the forum young blood after that one fifty two, and it was like the, like the complete opposite. Yeah, super fun. Oh, sweet. Uh, who has the best method? Oh Jesus, that's a tough one. Too many. There's too many like eras of methods mm. that people could have like a best method. I I think you can never say who has the best overall one. Um, I'm gonna pick. I'm just gonna say one that's Haldor Helgeson when he does the corkback three and does a full method upside down. I'm gonna throw that out there. Sick. Yeah, because that's just like it's not a straight method, like just a straight A method. Mm. But that's like the one that's the coolest one I've ever seen, and I got to see it in person at Super Park. Right. In 2017. Rags. We haven't talked about Super Park. No, we skipped past it anyway. Should we just throw Super Park in now? Yeah, definitely. All right, let's talk about Super Park, Jack. What was the story there? Super Park came about real randomly. It was 2017, and I was meant to go on a film trip with the Odd Folks boys at Mount Hood. I give Mark a shit about this all the time. But the trip ended up, I booked flights and everything for it, and then it just fell to shit. It didn't happen. So I ended up going. So I ended up throwing like a grand and a half in the bin, and I still, yeah, I still give Marcus grief about it to this day. But um, that week was Super Park, or the next week was Super Park, and I hit him up and I was like, a friend of mine was going, and I was like, oh, what are the dates? And he's like, oh, it's this Monday coming until the end of the next week. And I was like, fuck, like maybe I could just possibly go to that, but you know, full just you know like a stab in the dark and didn't, didn't think it was actually going to happen is it an invite only sort of yeah it is yeah. It's, it's like a it's a pretty hard event to go to and I think Hamish Martin's gone to it mm. he went to it like a year or two like quite a few years earlier and I talked to Matt from Italian and I was like oh hey like do you just think that I might be able to like you know like talk to the international guy like Julian like the team manager I would talked to him for a while and he's like yeah I'll fucking message him right now and he got an email back straight away saying, like, yeah, he's going to hit up Pat Bridges, like the editor of the mag. And I was like, okay. just But still didn't think it was going to happen. Mm. And then over the week I was like, oh, maybe I should, like, check flights, like, just in case it happens. Because <laughs> then if, cause if I get invited, like, I kind of have to go. I can't, like, pull out mm. if I've asked them or whatever. And then, like, flights were going to cost, like, more than my flights costed to change them. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. And then I was at work just like laboring back in wellington and i checked my emails on my break and it was like an email from pat bridges and he's just like hey what's up man like you can come to super park like you're invited and i was just like i was like off the bat i was like fuck like i have to go now like i really wanted to i was real stoked about it Mm. but it was like four days away and i was like i had no flights booked to, to america and i was like oh my god like this is sick but i've got to figure this out Mm. and it ended up all timing so well like the new zealand magazine came out that year and it was i guess it was the year that i got the most photos in it Mm. um and the guy from o'neill who i rode for was real stoked and he 
um, I was like, oh, hey man, like I'm I, I'm trying to go to Superpark like this week. Like, is there anything you can do to help? And he gave me a bunch of brand new wetsuits to like sell <laughs> to, to to put towards it because they couldn't really pay me money. So he's like, oh, I'll just give you brand new wetsuits and you can sell them, and I'll just make a bunch of money off them. And then Border Town gave me some money, like real short notice, which was awesome. And then I ended up finding flights for like just over a grand three days out flying to LA return which is I was so stoked it kind of all fell into place and then mm. I was like alright fuck I'm going to America in you know three days or whatever and it didn't have a, didn't know anyone who was there really apart from my like two or three mates from Colorado and I got there ended up everything worked out got over there and my first day I was up at Superpark and I was hiking a rail that they had there and I saw Torstein and Alex Stewart mm. randomly. I hadn't seen Alex Stewart for a couple of years. He's a fucking legend. Shout out to him and the whole crew. And he's like, oh, man, like, what are you up to, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, here for the week, obviously. And um, I'm, like, staying by myself just in town at some random accommodation. And he's like, oh, fuck, yeah, sick. And we rode for a while. And then at the end of the day, he's like, oh, man, I talk to the boys. Like, if you want, you can just come and crash with us for the week and or like and just come and film for the whole time and like hang out and i was like oh fuck yes that's awesome like thanks a lot and i i ended up calling my accommodation that i already paid for swindled some bullshit story that i had to fly back to new zealand for some like emergency (laughs) like family emergency just full lied to get my money back and the guy was like oh yeah sweet done and just refunded it straight away i was like oh fuck that's all right that's pretty sick i found out that even if i didn't do that i was going to get kicked out because the the whole accommodation got vacated because they had rats (laughs) so even if i didn't do that i would have been kicked out and had nowhere to stay anyway (laughs) it was so (laughs) random how that that worked out and then yeah so for the whole week it was um i was with the rusty toothbrush crew and it was such a good time it was like had a crew to film like just to hang out with film with and like to stay with and it was yeah it, it like went from like kind of like a rough start to the trip to being just like the best week i probably ever had on a snowboard mm. and like the they had like one of the biggest record years ever of snowfall and mammoth so all the parks what they built they bring like four or five different park builders from different resorts and they just build whatever they want yep. and they could literally build whatever they want they had like uh, i couldn't even count I, I didn't get to ride everything they had because there was so much stuff and they had like right. snake runs that were like an entire length of a run with like features all through it they had like 135 foot jump <laughs> it was Jesus just Christ. yeah that was that was the only one that i didn't hit was the big one because it was it was four months after my surgery of my plates getting pulled out of my leg yeah and i hit i hit the second biggest jump though. i think it was like 90 feet or something and it was a perfect jump it was real fucking fun and um but yeah i, I didn't hit the real big one i just watched the session but <laughs> it was it was such a good week it was just like perfect we had like three and a half out of five days perfect weather and then yeah just went back to new zealand like a couple of days later <laughs> and fucking just back to work back on the building side literally back to <laughs> back on the hammer oh, but yeah man. it was just it just kind of happened out of the blue but it worked out so well and yeah. just ended up being like probably yeah like my favorite week that i've had on a snowboard so yeah huge shout out to alex and brad from rice toothbrush for 
for that whole week and just making it so much better than it would have been. Yeah. Nice yeah. And final bonus question, what's the key to a good method? Um, being young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stretching. Stretching. Stretching so much is a big one. I, just, I don't know, I... I went through like a patch of like a few years having like an okay method, but I just gave up on it after a while. I just can't fucking can't stretch that much anymore. But like JJ had a, had a good one, like mm. loosening your bindings. Yeah, that's a good a good hack. Not too much, but like <laughs> yeah, just being flexible. Probably mm. probably doing yoga. That's mm. what I would imagine. Yoga. I imagine that's Christy Pryor's secret. Yeah, yoga and um. loose bindings. Mm. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thank you for your time, Jack, and we'll see you up the hill hopefully next couple of days. Yeah, man. Hopefully we get a good spring in. And-